this episode, that was no lady. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. to our daily gun show gonna be live every weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for about an hour we have got some links out there tonight we'll see if anybody's awake for last minute links for a late night discussion that they were not uh privy to ahead of time i didn't tell anybody there was links coming so we'll see if anybody's awake out there in the world and want to chat about what to bring to shot show So we're at SHOT Show. It's the Shooting and Hunting Outdoor Trade Show. Happens each year since 76 or something like that. Used to be in a different location each year. Now it's in the same location all the time. The Sands Convention Center in Las Vegas. And it's an opportunity to bring together the industry with uh, the manufacturers, the distributors, the wholesalers, the gun shops into one building. And in addition, they bring in lots of law enforcement and some military and the procurement and in the research and development and in the quality, that kind of stuff. And then they bring in the media. Speaking of that, we've got Ghost joining us. Good evening. What's and, going on? Uh, so I'm just kind of starting to show off the uh, talking about SHOT Show, what it is, and we be talking about stuff to bring to SHOT Show, specific, you know, generally. So um, one of the things I've been thinking of, oh, so I guess to start off with, if anybody's out there has any questions or uh, whatever, we do this stuff live, we value the interactive nature of the internet. So as you can see, I'm wiggling the comments over here. That's you, people that are watching, listening to the show right now, be part of the show. And... Uh, We'll see the comments and be able to react and interact with you. Um, so I didn't, like I say, I invented a bunch of people. This oh, did I blind copy you all? I uh, I don't know. I, I it might have. I think you did. Yeah. Okay. I usually do it by reflex, but I just thought of it right now. Like, oh, I mean, y'all know each other. It's just that I usually try to be polite and blind copy everybody. But anyway, I invited a bunch of people. Like say without any kind of warning or heads up or anything, we'll just see who all might show up. It's all people that are going to shot show, I think, or have been to shot show. So um, 
talking about stuff though and i just barely got my official confirmation that we're going or that i'm able to get there like i got enough stuff out of the way to be able to contemplate it for real i'm pretty sure i'm going so uh i was thinking about it and the drone that i got from pink is busted and i'm not really in the i'm not anywhere near buying a new drone or anything but i have been thinking about fixing it so that's one of the things that i was thinking about uh I guess uh, prioritizing or whatever. So I'm gonna put it under would would be nice. So that's the first thing that I got to thinking, and it's not necessarily for shot, but because I got to drive to shot, I really would like to have the drone working, so I could stop somewhere in Arizona and get like cool video of the van or something. Uh, and then the other thing would be, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe you know what it's called, Ghost. What's the? There's different kind of audio recorders, right? There's kinds that have. I seen a video for it. Like I must have talked about it in the to this phone listened to me and gave me an ad for it it, it looked right. like a like a tricorder or some shit because it's a recorder but it's for listening to everything you know how most of the time a lot of times you're trying to only listen to something like either a shotgun something real far away or i don't know what it's called but the one that's right on you this is the opposite this is listening to like everything and i don't know it's for like specific purposes or whatever but it was like yeah, I think they call it background. Uh, they call it a background mic or something like that because a lot of people use those at like sporting events to get like the the background crowd noises. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Except you can also do like if you're out in the woods, you could get like the water and the wind and the birds chirping. So yeah, like all of that shit, whatever you call that background noise. So for me, I think that would be neat to have for shot and other things because. Uh, I was looking earlier. I uh, did that kind of last year with just my phone. So one of our sites is the gun show reviews. And earlier today, I went in and go in the front door. Earlier today, I went in and updated all the SHOT Show reviews. We've been going since 2005. So each year, you know, we took shit tons of pictures, videos, and whatever. So we got the running kind of summary over here. So in 2020, no, when was it? 20. No, where the hell was it? It was in 2022. So where did I put it? Where did I find it? Uh, I'll have to find it again. In 2022, though, what I did was walk around, um, make listen and make an audio. I guess I'll just go find it on the backside. And I ended up kind of being cool. But the phone, uh, like, I don't know what to call it. It, like, intentionally tries to not listen to everything. You know, it's like trying hard to not listen to everything. So that's why those other kind of recorders exist, I think, because they intentionally do listen to everything, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially the phones are like the, the, the phones that are in today, like they're specifically made to cut out background noise. So, oh, yeah, you're right. kind of working against you. Yeah. And so here's what I got at the range day, though. And this is what I think I want to. I'm not going to be the only one doing this, but I think it would be interesting. I think you'll just be able to hear it if I do this. This was down by the, um, when you go in and go to the right, so south, like by all the pistols where it was super crowded and like all those yeah. pistol bays yeah. were together. And I'm kind of walking slowly, jamming my, my camera out 
and nobody was really paying attention because they're all worried about whatever they're worried about. I was actually thinking like, oh, somebody's going to get mad, but nobody even paid attention. So that's why I think I, if I stuck one of them on, I don't know what you call it, basically a selfie stick, like a wand with a thing on it so that, you know, my recorder doesn't fall off. But basically be able to jam that over people's heads or like up under something and just basically just as. And then I think what the point is, is they listen to so much that you don't really get a conversation. So I don't know if they'd, I don't know, I've never played with them, but maybe not jamming it up in between two people to hear what they're saying. But you know what I mean? If I could like pick it up over a wall and just hear the, like you're saying, like the crowd noise or the whatever. But anyway, I just think it'd be neat to, uh, I don't know, use for something. And uh, I don't know if I've ever seen or heard anybody doing that, except for maybe like filler in a podcast or something, or like the introduction to something in a podcast. But it'd be neat to just maybe have like a half an hour of walking around shot for somebody who's like in a car or something or doing shift work where they're just, you know, sick of listening to podcasts and just to hear yeah. like the, the experience of all the different, because people like hear me rage about the Europeans. And right. They're around, like they're all over the place. So you don't just that kind of stuff. And anyway, the weird conversations that you'll hear as you're walking through a crowd like that. You know, it'd be interesting. I don't know if you even want to do this because I, I would, I would like to think that people would be honest and wouldn't take it. But if you could find like a, a, a tripod or or something that could go up, let's say like twenty feet in the air, and mm. put it like right at the top of the hill like where the uh, covered long-range bays are. So you've got the open base to the left, the covered right there, and then the pistol bays are down the hill to the right. But if you could put like a microphone like right on top of the hill and go up about 20 feet, you could probably get the rifle range to the left, the pistol base to the right, people walking by. That would be interesting to see what kind of audio you'd pick up. Yeah, I think you could ditch it somewhere. And, no, you know, nobody would really care. Uh, yeah. You could put it somewhere. You know where you could totally put it and no one ever know or care where those Wi-Fi things are. There's like these little. Oh yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. I forgot about that. For sure. I don't know if anybody. They they would just think you'd be part of. Yeah, they think they'd be part of. Yeah, the stuff. Arranged it. Yeah, and the people who are there might. They doubt they check on it. They come and pick it up after. You know. So yeah, I think that would be the perfect place to put it. But the thing is, how many people are going to walk right up to there and hear it? Um, I think I'd rather, you know, I think though that you could, you could put it in a cup or something and just set it somewhere and then hopefully somebody throws away the cup or whatever. But the thing is, um, I'm not going to need to do that. I would just stand there holding it, you know, it's right. I don't have yeah. things to do, but, um, and I'm not trying to, I don't think it'd be like, a, I don't think anybody wants to listen to a half an hour of it, but, um, I think what I also did, oh, you know what I might've done? Okay. Now I don't remember either way. It was through my cell phone, but I also, videotaped after i don't remember how i did it anymore but i usually go in and i go up and down the whole thing to see the scale and how many people there and kind of this year i was doing snapshots because the dog was all scared or whatever so i was doing sort of snapshots of um the thing to see like because you know it changes now because the media is the morning and then the industry is the afternoon so a bunch of people have different opinions of that and different strategies to deal with that and trying to remember now it wasn't really ever busy so to speak this year at all but the busiest it got was sort of down at that area and sort of the beginning of the day and then it never did get really busy yeah i don't know from my you know i'm trying to remember anymore but anyway i think what i might have done is walk back and forth a few times to monitor and i know for a fact i did do a video where i tried to hold the phone as low as i could pointed straight up 
And the idea was to like get from like the waist up, seeing people's back of their head and their ear pro. Because for the most part, you're not reading any badges that way. You're just seeing like the back of people's heads and ear pro. And everybody's got ear pro on and hats and stuff. So you're really just seeing a bunch of different people. And because of their clothing, you kind of get an idea of the mix of the people and stuff. And then you're seeing the tents. And then depending on where I was and how I was holding the camera, every once in a while, I would kind of shove, go up over their heads and see downrange. But for a lot of the places, they weren't really shooting as much as they were fiddling with the guns, you know, holding them and taking videos and stuff. So, right, yeah, you know, some some booths, it's like fiddle, 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 bang, 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 fiddle, 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 fiddle. Next person, fiddle, 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 bang, 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 fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. Other times it's like this is just the new caliber or we change the grip angle or whatever. So now it's like fiddle, fiddle, bang, 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 fiddle, fiddle, goodbye, fiddle, fiddle, bang, bang, bang. You know, so there's these different booths are different ways and all those ones were all sort of more fiddling around with them so i just kind of popped up saw the range and then you get up over the hill and down to the north side where it's getting towards the highway and i forget what booth it was but somebody had a vehicle with some sort of tripod mounted or you know mounted i don't know yeah, something about yeah. probably and you know there it was more like uh nobody could see nothing anyway so i was just holding it straight up pointing down range or whatever at the, with the camera but the rest of the time I was sort of doing that up angle thing. And the idea was I was going to walk the whole, well, I did walk the whole way from the very tip south all the way to the very top. And then I wanted to fast forward it and see what that looked like. Oh, but, like a like a time lapse type thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, cool. like, but the problem is I don't know how to do that good. At least I don't know how to edit it well because there's tricks to that. You know, it's you need the raw footage, but then... To make it cool, you kind of zoom in and slow. What's that called? Like kind of scale in or zoom in. Yeah, you pan in. Yeah, time pan. scale. Well, no, yeah. not just moving the camera, but like you slow it down, but not just slow and fast. You kind of, uh, what's the word? You gradient into the speed. So mm -hmm. anyway, kind of zoom. I don't want to keep saying zoom because I don't mean zoom in on something as much as you kind of think of the timeline speed or whatever. Yeah frames per minute as a, as a dial and they kind of go they, they play with the fast forward like that anyway yeah to get so that it's, it's not of, going like one speed then straight to a second speed it kind of right yeah, yeah. kind of I don't goes know up yeah I, yeah I know what you're yeah. talking about yeah that transition i guess i don't know what to call that sure but um but i think there's more to it because i tried doing that and i can only edit as good as i can edit it's not like i'm giving it to an intern or something to edit so but I think you also have to hold the camera in a way. Like if you know this is where I'm going to be going super fast and now I'm going to transition to be going slower, like normal speed, I guess. You know, right? I'm going to speed, I'm going to slow down to normal speed and then I'm going to speed up again. I think that's when they like do those swipes and shit with the cameras so that people are always doing and I just don't have enough experience doing it yeah. to, to know which way to like prep myself. So basically I'm fighting myself because I just don't know how, I don't have that skill set. So one, that's my own fault. I could have been fixing, I could have been figuring that out all throughout the year. I just haven't bothered or had the time. But anyway, that's what I was attempting to do last year. And what I ended up doing was holding the camera and then it got this audio. And I may have just pulled the audio off of one of those, but I think I did uh, come up with the idea of a couple of years ago of just walking around with the audio going in the SHOT Show building so I, I knew I wanted to try that at the range, too, and just see what it came out like. And like I say, I'll play it a little bit more here. I'll play one of these other ones. And I think it would be more dynamic or, like, more interesting if I had one of those fancier microphones. 
and they're only like yeah. 26 bucks. It wasn't like a major investment, but it's like, yeah. it's got these two microphones sticking out of it, like rat, like bunny ears or something. And yeah, I've seen them before. They're like yeah, they're cool. I didn't know what they were. I, I've seen them before. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly thought testing. they were like a two-channel thing or something. I didn't know what they were, but now that you say that, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just didn't know what it was before. Well, like, I thought they were like a light meter, you know, like a light meter, but for audio. Like you'd hold that thing up, and now you know what to set your recorders at. I thought that's what it was, but it's really just some – well, I mean, maybe that is too, but this was just sort of a – you know, like if you get a, mic, a voice recorder to do a podcast. Like yeah. I knew back yeah. in the old days we would – I was doing the uh, – Make sure that both there. microphones are equal – loudness and decibel levels and all that no 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 i guess no this was years ago for this lady that was doing a podcast it was before it was a podcast it was a radio show so she was recording her radio show at this device and she would it was essentially just the old mini cassette recorder except a digital version with a really nice mic and she would just set that in the table between two people and this was in like 2006 or something so this was a long time ago and uh it, it looked like that it just looks like a micro cassette recorder with two like electric marshmallow or robot marshmallows sticking out of it and uh at their speakers yeah this is another chunk of range day this says noon oh yeah see so this is equivalent uh, this is in the morning hear all that background shooting yeah like the excitement and the hype and then here's noon Like the only hear, the only thing you really hear is some guy going, "Please come over here, come over here and win something." Come here. <laughs> right. So this is upstairs walking around the building. See, it sounds like all muddy and shitty, and you can't even hear me. And I'm holding the thing up to my mouth you know it's like i'm holding my phone so i'm holding it up like a microphone and talking into it but because it's like you say trying to battle all the background music i think or background noise it's uh it's just shitty yeah i think that for audio like i think it's more interesting from range day because you do hear the gunshots and you hear excitement where inside the building like you said audio is just gonna get muffled by all the 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 mumbled background noise you know so we got people joining us out there gizzards out there it's too late for him to join in but he's got a link if he wants to join in dj same thing uh Roy, he's retired he should be able to jump in he's retired he doesn't have to do anything tomorrow i don't know what the laws are like in kansas this is true uh rice saying shot show is fun to watch i doubt i'd ever go though um you know it's all about the size of it and yeah, you know, what you're trying to get out of it i think it's um an experience for sure so i mean unless you're really really against crowds which there's nothing you can do about that there's crowds and if you're against vegas there's people that hate vegas nothing you can do it's in vegas right now so i get that it's not like it's necessary on the other hand it's unique right so if you get a chance and you're interested i don't know why you're waiting to do it it doesn't well it costs something i guess but depending on how you do it it can uh it's definitely it's definitely one of those things that you can you can't go like cheap like you know you're not gonna be able to spend two hundred dollars and spend a week in vegas but i have but you know i'm saying sleep in your van and that's what i'm saying 
But I mean, it's definitely cheaper, I think, than people think, especially if you go in with four or three or four or five people for a house or whatever. It's definitely cheaper than what people think it's going to do to spend a week in Vegas for sure. Um, I was just pricing right now because, like I say, I didn't even know because I literally slid into the end of the year, like, you know, like whatever, like, I don't know what the analogy is, but like, I barely, I wasn't sure I was going to get through the end of the year. So, um, there's so I started looking seriously at hotels or whatever. And for me, I can find something that I'm familiar with and I understand for 500 ish and something nice ish would be closer to 900 already. And then the fanciest yeah. stuff is way over a thousand for essentially a like Saturday to Saturday type of situation. Cause I, you know, I mean, if I would have priced it at like, I don't know how to, there's ways to game it. Like if you go from Thursday to something, it might've been cheaper if I do something that I don't, you know, I'm just not savvy about, but uh, just to put it in kind of a scale or whatever. So I don't know if you guys who both you guys now have your stuff secured a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, like I say, if I want it, I'm just going to put numbers on here. So we have something or actually I'm going to draw cause I'm sick of um, well, I, I don't mind talking about our price. Our condo, we got a two-bedroom condo that will sleep five. Um, it, it cost us $800 for the week. Okay, so right so, now, a regular hotel room is five. Do you remember what the hotels would have cost when you were booking that? So, remember the hotel that we stayed at a couple times? I don't want to get the name out, but you remember the hotel yeah, we stayed the, at a couple times? That's the one times? I'm talking about for five. It was like a hundred and something dollars per night now, all of a sudden, instead of like, it was well less than half of that. Usually it was going to cost us about a thousand to $1,100 to be in that same hotel. Then it would have cost us a few years ago. It cost us nothing. I mean, it was, it was, was it like yeah. 300 bucks at one time? It was it was 300 bucks for the week. That's total. That's not splitting it. That's just okay, 300 bucks for the week. And now it's a, like over a, Vegas, a thousand. This is was in a Vegas, really far away from downtown because there's there's other casino like outcroppings around the prim, like a, in the valley of yeah, Vegas. It took us about 12, 10, 10 to 15 minutes to get to Sands. From where yeah, we that's were. the thing. Everybody looks at it in the map and they're like, oh, that's very far away. It's all the way on the other side of the outskirts of Vegas. Well, it's 12 minutes drive. Like, they, well, like compared to whatever normal people take to work, like, come on, that's nothing. So, uh, but anyway, it looks like a lot of distance on a map. And there's a million, you pass a million op options. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, so you're, where is your place compared to the place now is it way closer or is it far away so we, we we're, we're probably we're closer distance wise but it might take us about the same time the the place we found this year um the place that we've been going to uh well the, the place the, the place we went to two years ago or in 2020 whatever uh wasn't available the house we stayed in last year she changed we love the house but now she's changed it to where you have to rent it for a month at a time. So she's going after the people that are going to be in Vegas for a while. So we weren't going to rent it for a month to for a week. So that was out of it. So now we it are. Month, but it wasn't like the cost last. The cost was the same, but you could have had it for a month. It was like. You oh, no, no, no. It was. It was. Yeah. You're going to pay. Yeah. You're going to pay quadruple what you pay. You know, the. Um, because you're paying for four weeks instead of one. Um, this year, we're 
just southwest of the strip. So we're just basically be- right below, still in Vegas. We're not in Henderson, but we're right basically just south Oz of the airport. Oz, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oz was down there. Uh, well, are you – so there's – let's let's say, like, if you see my screen here, there's – this is the strip. This is the airport. So yeah. there's a highway that goes like this, and then that goes to Pahrump or something. This yeah. goes to the dam and to Media Day. And yeah. then there's some other highway that comes like this. And then there's this highway. And then this one goes to California. So, oh, shit, I should have done it a little bit differently. Yeah, we're there's just there. south of the we're just south yeah, of the airport. So, but the main thing is there's this road here. Are you on this side or are you on this? Side? Are you literally south of the airport or are uh, you pretty south much of the airport and across the way? No, no, no. I think we're just south of the airport. Well, that's lock your car doors. That's not the best place of Vegas. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, no, no. Where we're at, it, it's actually it's 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 not that neighborhood. It's like okay. I said, it's 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 enough south to where it's almost in it's almost to Henderson, and we would have gone to Henderson, but Henderson City Council passed a new law this past year that whatever they promote on Airbnb or VRBO for the nightly rate. They charge and now thirty dollars per night tax that goes straight to the city of Henderson. So because um, they got a shit ton of that happening because they don't have tax, right? They don't have state tax or nothing. Yeah. So, so the city's number. taking a piece of the vacation stays now. So we're basically on the border of like Henderson and 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 Vegas and all that, but we're on the Vegas side where we don't have to pay the thirty bucks extra a night. I don't have Melser's email. If you guys want, to, if you know his email, otherwise I was trying to email him. I just don't have his email. Uh, I don't know if I have his email or not. Email me if you want, and I'll reply to your email with a link if you want to join. So, uh, Gizzard, yours. Do you want to talk about yours? Is yours somewhere in the ballpark of one of these? You guys are doing the same thing, right? You guys are renting a house. Yeah, we are uh, running an Airbnb again. Same one as before or a different one? No, this is a different one. It is in the western part of Vegas. Uh, Oh, okay, really? A little bit south of Flamingo Road, but almost clear out to the the loop, the 215 loop that goes right. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I went to a vegan place out there that was, and it was more like an African food restaurant, but it's pretty all right. Anyway, so I've been out there. Basically, due west of Caesars, probably. And then, uh, what kind of price range are you talking? I don't honestly remember to tell you the truth. I know what I paid, but that also included uh, car rental. So I don't remember the exact. Oh, when you do these, can you go to like price? Well, I don't know what they're called. The, the, can you go to these places, though, and say, I need a BRB and a car? And then they give you the price for both right away? No, what it what it amounted to is one of the four of us actually went ahead and paid for the yeah. for the Airbnb on their card, and the rest up. of us are reimbursing them for the total cost. So, well, so let's just say it. it's probably somewhere around their eight hundred bucks or something ish. Like you know, what's the difference going to be depending on how far away? I guess the quality of the house, size of the house, that kind of thing, demand. Um. Oh, okay. Well, I gotta figure out. Yeah, I, I just wish I knew what the exact price of it was. But to be honest, oh no, that's fine. But that's what I was gonna say. Is there's the house cost? I don't know why we're getting into this. I guess just because um was I don't know what started to talk about uh, 
cost. Oh, oh you were talking about you were talking about you were you were looking for hotels for you um, and the cost so of hotels. I think we're just going to talk about the various costs, how much it costs to go. So the hotel is going to cost something. And if you get it out ahead, like if you get it uh, now for next year or whatever, like they're not, you know what I mean? Well, no, it is next year. already. So yeah, if you get it now for next shot show, it's way cheaper than if you're buying it now for this shot show. Uh, I'm trying to talk. And talk yeah. We booked ours October 1st. So we, um, well, that wasn't really that early because some people do it like maybe. Yeah. Well, we were waiting to see, uh, unfortunately, uh, and unfortunately, but we were waiting to see. Uh, our our thing was, was we knew budget was coming, but there was a chance that he was bringing his brother, and he wasn't sure. So we had to wait till his brother made the decision if he was coming or not, and that let us know <clears throat> what size place we needed. Once we realized his brother wasn't coming, we knew we could go find X Y Z place versus another place. You know, that's interesting. Um, hold on, I'm trying to. I mean, you don't have, hold on, I'm saying hold on because I'm not able to even talk at the same time. I knew I had it in there. See, now it went to it. Anyway, I just forwarded it to you. Feel free to jump in. Um, anyway, so then you've got, well, I was going to say Clover's driving. So I'm assuming you're, you're flying though. And then Gizzard, yeah, is anybody driving or are you guys renting? Oh, you just said you're renting a car. We're all flying and then renting a car to get around town in. And I don't remember what cars cost. It's been a long time since I rented one, but probably 100 bucks a day or something. Uh, probably, at least. I did look it up, and the Airbnb that we're renting is around 250 a night. Um, well, that's more. That would be... Well, whatever. It's just a different house or whatever. So they're high. Um, they're highfalutin. So yeah, they're, they're staying in the go gay fancy, community. You go <laughs> Gotta have more than uh, one bathroom. See, there's a difference. You have, yeah, you have where snob and them are staying, and then you have where the gear report guys are staying, which were literally like a murder place. So yeah, mm -hmm. you have differences. Well, so one year Haas went and had like a mini. What do they call them like a. What do you call it when a mini mansion, right? So it was like a big giant house and it had like uh, you walk into the door, there's a pool table room. Then there was like a room with couches and shit. And then there's a room with a table, like a, for eating a dinner and having a bunch of people in like a meeting or something like a big table. Then there's a room with couches and a bunch of TVs and a fireplace. And there's a giant kitchen with like a place, you know, for like a giant banquet, like a bunch of people hanging out. Then there was a big backyard, and then you'd go upstairs, and then there's two bedrooms downstairs and a garage, and then you went upstairs, and I forgot how many. I looked around, but you know, I didn't keep track. There was a bunch of different bedrooms and giant bedrooms and smaller bedrooms upstairs, and then the big bedrooms had their own bathrooms and then a couple other bathrooms all around. Maybe, I think just one bathroom downstairs. But anyway, uh, giant, right? Through two, three-car garage. They had like you know, the, however much footprint it has on the street. And then there was like all these rules, like you couldn't park around there. You couldn't have people over. So it was giant place, but unless you were all piled into a passenger van and parked it in the driveway, like there was no way for everybody to get there. And this was kind of, this was in like 14 or something before Uber was really a thing. So anyway, I just was like, <clears throat> you know, that was frustrating for them. I mean, it was frustrating for us visiting him. Because we couldn't park anywhere either. We had to like park really far away and then walk over there. It was kind of lame. So anyway, that's one of those things with uh, 
the places you never know and if you're you know if a place is in demand or whatever it's probably because it doesn't have those kind of whatever trade-offs or whatever oh thanks anyway so then there's so you got your stay you got your travel you all have to travel i gotta pay gas so i figure my gas is gonna be about 300 bucks like three things of gas at whatever maybe 200 something to somewhere between 200 and 300 i guess it kind of depends on how much i'm fooling around vegas while i'm there so airfares and whatever what's kind of average on airfares and my my airfare this year was almost not quite but almost double what it was last year um so yeah airfares was a little more expensive this year um but i also take in effect uh, and budget's the same way budget's flying out there but clovers has his car and rogue staying with us rogue banshee and he's driving down from montana so we'll have two vehicles there so if you talk about airfare yeah i'll slip clover you know i'll buy him a dinner one night and then slip him some gas money but if you have people driving and you have to pay a little more for airfare it, it kind of works itself out because you're not having to rent a car yeah. uh, so that's kind of nice it kind of balances it out a little bit yeah i was looking for um, cars here about a week point. and a half ago so it was, I think they were looking at $600 plus for the week for a rental car out there. Now, is that normal or did they bump it up because of SHOT Show Week? Um, I know we know. were out there back in 2019. We went on a family vacation. And I think though for the week it was, I think, 400 So there's a slight increase, it looks like, for SHOT. But other than that, I think no, it's just that- out west. It's- I don't remember if I've seen anything more recent or it might have changed, uh, but it used to be, they'd say it was the fifth largest tr- uh, trade show in Vegas. So if Vegas exists and lost in Nevada doesn't have income tax, then I understand that for the times when it does its most business, they try to make money. So I don't really, I mean, it sucks, but I don't hold them against, you know, cause I guess I can also take advantage of Vegas whenever it's anybody can, I guess, because the airfares are also really low. But when there's nothing going on in Vegas or it's hot and gross, everything's super cheap in Vegas. So uh, I understand that they have to make their money when they make their money. But at the same time, it sucks. Um, Baker, Baker, Bob, do you want a link, Bob? I don't know if Bob wants to jump in. But he's been to SHOT Show more than some of y'all. So... Um, what I was really hoping to do tonight, but I don't care where we go with it, is um, kind of just talk about some of the stuff that is needed that we need. Or that I was thinking about that audio recorder um, and then stuff that would be nice and then luxury stuff. And just, uh, I don't know, just another way to approach uh, getting ready for the show. Maybe talk, and since we got a bunch of people in here, I'll introduce everybody and then we can uh, maybe think of something that the other ones didn't even think about before or something. Right. So, uh, well, I don't know. Let me keep calling you budget. So you're going to get, you know, that's just going to happen, dude. So Mike's jumping in. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for the invite. You bet. And then uh, Millsurf Duo. What are you, Nick? Yep. That's, I'm, I'm part of half Mil of Surf the duo. Yeah, I'm I half, of the, uh, half of the duo. So it's my father and I. So, yep. No worries. I only was just going to call you Millsurf Duo because I don't call anybody by their names. I will forget your name. And then there's Ghost. And he's been talking already. Gizzard's in here. You guys welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm always looking forward to talk shot show. I can talk shot year round if you want me to. 
Yep, same here. Thanks for having me. I really enjoy SHOT. Well, okay, let's do this. So I named the thing why some people hate SHOT Show while others enjoy it so much. And there's definitely that line in the sand. Um, Pink is saying his car for the week was 366. I'm guessing he's working. He's got a link too. Feel free to jump in if you can. Um, for a fancy is he, is he coming this year? Um, yes and yes. No, yes and no, I guess. Yes and okay. kind of. Gotcha. Let's put it that okay. way. So he'll be there, but just not for the whole time. I got you. Cool. For the cool. whole time. That, as long as he's there for at least a day, I get to go and say hi to him. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay, so I, I named it Why People Hate Shot Show. Um, I mean, you can't do nothing. You can't even talk about Shot Show. And there's going to be the people that will walk across the aisle, swim across a river, walk over, and then barge into a conversation to go how much they hate Shot Show for whatever reason. Like, Shot Show hurt them, and they don't like talking, they don't like anybody even talking about it. Then there's others that don't even know what it is, I guess, yet, which has got to be a chunk of people since you know, it's kind of, you know, all the different things that have been going on in the world. There are a lot more people paying attention to firearms. So there's probably people on both sides. I don't know how many people are thinking about that, but think of how many antis are finding out about SHOT Show for the first time. And then uh, there's people out there. I just saw something where somebody's harking and yelling. There's usually every year somebody having a uh, fit about the way they're treated or what happened or how dare they, right? Like there's usually something like that going on and it's hard to know with all the different glitches and factions and clubs and groups and stuff like where everybody stands on their, where they get their opinions and where they, you know, whatever. So, so I'm just, I'm just kind of rambling here, but I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, anybody who wants to just call it a uh, uh, boarding house, type of reach, type of conversation, just chime in, interrupt each other, I don't care. Why do some people hate SHOT Show so much? And then we'll talk about why people enjoy it later, but why do people hate it? And I'll shut up. It's kind of I hard. couldn't tell you, I'd never been there. Well, but you're not unaware of it. I mean, you've been around, you've experienced it as much as anybody. True. I mean, 99% of people have never been there, but there's a chunk of them still hate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They still why did they hate it so much? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I want to say maybe, maybe one of the reasons why a lot of people say they hate Shot Show is for that week. Like all the channels that people watch that are gun channels on YouTube, that's all you see and hear about a Shot Show. Maybe it does get old um, for the people that are just watching YouTube and watching it. It's all about Shot Show. And all that. I don't know. Maybe that's why I've, I've heard people say, I just get too much shot show. Like after the first day, I'm done. So maybe that's one of the reasons why people don't like it. I don't know. Good point. Maybe that and they can't go. Well, that's, that's true me, too. Because yeah. trust me, there's that green eyed monster called Jealousy has risen in my head every single year since I started doing YouTube, except this year because I finally freaking get to go. So. That makes me really happy about it. Well, okay. Well, I guess just to, that's true. I mean, hundred percent, I guess uh, for some people, I'm not saying everybody, but then just to kind of interrupt or whatever, was it unobtainable? Was it is anywhere near as difficult or was it as like effortless as some people have said? Well, at this point in my YouTube quote unquote career, whatever you want to call it, it was actually fairly easy for me to get, be able to go. It was just a matter of 
work and finances and everything aligning to be able to go. Um, so it wasn't like being deemed qualified enough or like popular no. enough or cool enough. It was more of like taking the commitment and creating the time and the Correct. slice in it and budgeting and budgeting. Huh. And uh, right. no, you're right. That that's, that was a big part of it. I mean, getting qualified to go to shot show really wasn't that difficult because I'm a, I kind of got pre-vetted at being a member of the professional outdoor media association, POMA that I guess really, 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 really helped someone become eligible to go to shot. Um, so the fact that I'm, I've been a POMA member for a while that I guess kind of sealed that deal. So it was really just a, uh, it was just a matter of, you know, making the time, getting the time off work, the, situation with my wife's health improving enough that i can go to las vegas for a week um you know all, all that stuff all the stars aligned properly and this year i can go hopefully it'll be the same next year it will if i have anything to say about it uh there's probably people that go to shot show and then go i'm never going back to shot show i guess i must know a couple of them but uh i think it's usually the opposite i'm gonna go back to why do some people hate shot show so much I'm just throwing out there for anybody who wants to keep throwing it on at that one. Are you are you talking about like people that have been to Shot Show or people that have never been to Shot Show? Because I, I think those are two different conversations. Well, I know a ton of people that have been to Shot Show that hate it, but only after 18 years. So I mean, do you guys know anybody that's been to Shot Show? And that's what I'm saying. It? No, I I don't. I mean, I know there are people after, like you said, years and years that it's more of a hassle than anything else. Well, if you went to SHOT Show and it was all, I don't know, one way, and then, you know, years later, it's evolved to be in all a different way. It's just not your SHOT right. Show anymore, right? So I can understand those people. Yeah, so I know exactly. people that don't like it. And then there's people that, all right, I'm going to just say this because I don't really, I don't want you guys to get in trouble. But there's there's times when sales are easy because the demand is high and people get into an industry and everything's easy and everybody's happy. And then when things get tighter and tougher and rougher not everybody there's not bounty for everybody so now all of a sudden it's more difficult to do everything right every part of the industry and those are the times when uh you know what i'm saying like not everybody it, it's not you know it's just not gonna it, 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 there's that i don't know what to call it but you know not everybody experiences those times uh you well, mean they actually have to work financially cultivating relationship they have to work do it yeah i think you're saying i mean i'm trying to as i'm saying yeah. it, i'm thinking no, I hear like, you. so many different people and circumstances that it's just kind of spinning out but yeah like literally like there's there's the easy times and everybody's everybody you know fan, fair weather right oh yeah it's great there's bounty and nobody cares that there's crumbs all over so you know i wouldn't care that you're getting some of my customers or you get some of that because i got so much of this right but then when times get tough it gets crazy all around where it's more like Oh, well, we were always friends. Yeah, well, now I got to feed my family. Or like, well, we always work together. Yeah, but now prove it. Like, justify it's something. You know, it's like, you know, those times get tough. And when, maybe it's like one of those games where there's so many chairs and they start to dwindle. And, you know, just the necessity of it. Some people are going to be fine. And then a couple of people are always going to be in some kind of, a, you know, cat. You know, some people are in the, what's that called? Like the decision making. And somebody's going to lose. 
and there's no way to necessarily know how everybody's it's going to come out so anyway there's some of that after over the years right but i don't know where are we at are we in a time when gun shops are healthy and growing are we at a time when gun shops are starving and industry is dwindling are we at a time of um surplus in resources or in uh materials or are we in a time of like drought with materials or supplies that's a kind of a separate question i guess from why do people hate shot show but maybe i'll put that one i'll actually just type that in and we don't have to address that one i don't want to take it off topic because to answer your question though yeah so i don't know if you guys don't know people who have been to shot show and hate it i guess we're talking about those what is it probably 99 percent of people had never been and probably will never go or don't want to go or want to go you know there's a lot of people out there that and if all the people out there how many people do you think even know about shot show like in your audiences your experience how many people are aware of shot show is it all of them or is it half of them so i'll put this out there i work at a gun store as well and i've told all my customers for the last year year and a half that since i went last year i'd say probably 75 80 percent of them don't even know what shot show is so that's or that there's something like it it's not like they knew exactly. of it and didn't know what it was called they just so. didn't even realize the industry gets together like that yeah and i yeah I, i've always compared it to nra convention i told them that's it's if you've ever heard of the nra convention it's similar to that, but it's for the industry side, industry, media, stuff like that. And I've been fortunate enough. I've been able to watch and shot show videos since I was a little kid. I probably, I might even watch some of your original videos, G-Webs. It's hard to say. <laughs> I've been watching them so long. It's, I've, I've noticed throughout the years, we've had ebbs and flows from when times were good in the gun industry. Uh, stuff wasn't being ideas weren't being pushed to the top. You kind of had some little years there for a while. And I could see that's where people started to hate shot show because there really wasn't anything super hugely new hitting the market. So there were those couple years there. Where it's like, they're almost trying to recirculate or pass the trash or like hype Absolutely. up something that doesn't deserve it or need it. But okay. So uh, I'll keep quit asking that. I'll, I'm going to ask the next question before we talk about why some people like it. Is we'll talk about that. Uh, anyway, keep going. Does anybody else have a why do people hate it so much? Well, I mean, what was said about jealousy, I think, is a little bit true. There's a little bit of perception among some people that uh, the the people who get to attend Shot Show are kind of a good old boys club. And they think they're better than everybody else. I'm not real sure where they get this idea. I kind of feel privileged to get to attend. I don't consider myself any better than anybody else because I get to go. Amen. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that that's that's true in a lot of ways. I think that I think people that don't like it. Honestly, this is where I come down on it. I just don't think they understand. It's not It's not that they, I don't think they truly don't like the idea of SHOT Show. I just don't think they're informed on how to get there, what it's all about. I just don't think that they truly understand how it works, why people go, how can you get invited or approved <laughs> to go and all that. So there's a lot of misconceptions. So instead of trying to learn about all these things, it's just like, ah, screw shot show, you know? 
Um, I, I, I don't get, I, I think I, I can tell you this since I've been going in 20, what is it? I guess 18, 17, 18, whenever it was the first year that I went, like I've never known anyone since then that have gone for their first time and come back and said that wasn't worth it or that was terrible. I'll never go to another shot show. Like everyone that I know that has gone like Gary and, and rogue and snob and all these guys that went like a couple years after I did, like they're all in, they're the same way I am. It's like, Oh man, like I can't wait for October 1st. We can start, you know, registering for approval for our badges and we can start planning all this stuff. I don't know anyone that doesn't, doesn't go that doesn't get excited after they go. Maybe they just need to go and experience it for the first time. Then they might change their minds. I don't know. I mean, we will literally buy equipment with the sole purpose of, next year's shot show i you know next year i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna buy this equipment and i'm gonna buy this bag and we'll literally start talking about it six months ahead of time that's just kind of the way you plan for it it's kind of like the big prom of the year yeah and i do the same thing with my daily job my full-time job during the day i start working overtime almost six eight months out so i can earn that time to take that trip. So that's kind of how I do. I work all the extra overtime, save that up to be able to take those extra vacation days to attend. And it's something I've worked out with my bosses and I did it last year and have it all ready for this year and skipping a couple of work meetings, but Hey, I ain't complaining. You know, we, we talk every year because every year we go, we know someone that, that's their first year. Like last year was rogue and this year it'll be budget uh, or Mike. Sorry. I, I, you'll always be budget to me. Sorry, bro. Um, but budget's going for the That's first time. And, and I'm happy that budget's staying with us because, you know, every day we'll be able to kind of see his reaction to the next day, the next chapter of shot show and, and, and all of that, because there's nothing more exciting than seeing someone go to shot show and when they hit that, like, aha, like, oh, my gosh, it's awesome. So I love going with or uh, talking to people that are there for the, the for the first time because I think that most people that I've talked to, they have this expectation of what shot is. Uh, and Gary and, and Milsert, they can talk about this, and I can talk about it also. But, like, for me, I had this huge buildup of what shot was in my head and sometimes that's hard to live up to those expectations, but shot surpassed my expectations of what I thought it was going to be, which is really awesome. Hey ghost, before you went to shot, had you ever went to anything like NRA or USCCA or anything like that first? The, the biggest thing that I'd ever been to before shot was Wanamaker. Okay. Now that Same doesn't here. help. That doesn't help at all, except for the fact that it's a large building. You're going to have to walk a lot and there's a lot of people. So for like audio, you get used to the background noises with your audio, but Wanamaker doesn't really set you up for shop, but it gets you an idea of what a lot of people in a space is like, you know? Well, you can practice your craft. You can practice your interviews. Like you say, getting the audio yeah. right, the right equipment. Yeah. If it'll work in Wanamaker, chances are it'll work in SHOT Show, too. Had you guys was, even been to, like, just a big convention, though, before? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, but not as media. Right, no, you but know, I, I mean, like, 
just going yes, in. absolutely. You can imagine yes. going into a giant building like that. It's going to be overwhelming if you've never even attended a massive get-together or, like, I guess a convention is the only thing I can think of that's that big. But I've been to some, like, car ones that are pretty massive, like, giant. And, I mean, but, again, you're not trying to – you don't care if you miss something. You don't know if you miss something. I mean, it's not like media where you're actually trying to divide it up in your mind and trying to, you know, actually – figure it all out but you know what i mean is when you're just wandering around it's almost i don't know i just was wondering if anybody had ever gone to shot who hadn't even been in that kind of situation because then it would be even you know more stuff to deal with more sensory overload so yeah i'll say last year was it last year being my first year uh, it was kind of interesting with of course the whole mass mandate type thing but i know Ghosts, you've been saying this. I think G Webs and Clover last year was one of the best years, probably in a long time, because of course, some of the bigger names weren't there. It was a it's more of a smaller crowd. I I really loved last year, so I'm kind of looking forward to being seeing the tale of two worlds from last year to this year. Yeah, I, I think what anybody you're who isn't is, paying attention to this year is fake. Like, I can't even imagine anybody isn't on the edge of their seat to see what's going to happen this year after attending last year and having any other person, even if you've only attended last year, like this year is going to be epically interesting one way or the other, or, I mean, if it's the same, it's epic. And if it's less, I can't even imagine what will happen. And if it's, well, it'll probably be somewhat more, but I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to say that I was talking with Rogue uh, not too long ago, like a week or so ago. And I was, I was, we were kind of joking with Rogue. It was like, oh, you know, Rogue went to SHOT Show last year. But he's almost going to be like a rookie again this year because the one experience, kind of like Milserp, the one experience he had was the greatest SHOT Show ever. So it's going to be interesting to hear from Rogue and Milserp after this SHOT Show and say, okay, you know, even though you went last year, it's probably going to be more kind of closer back to normal times, which means it's going to be completely different than it was this year. So it'll be interesting to hear the, the differences from them. All right. To avoid dead air, I started some stuff over here. Um, I'll go with Wesley's first one here. I'd like to go. I'm not allowed in, but more interested in the different designs of the canvas that everybody's carrying around. So is he talking about bags, like the different uh, backpacks and satchels? That's and, what I would assume I see canvas. That's usually what right. I think of. So I don't know about the not allowed in. Again, if you're concerned that you're not manufacturer, uh, distributor, gun shop, media, uh, or a range, uh, then become affiliated with part of the industry. Like you can work places, you can work with places and anything is possible. So they want to keep people from wandering in off the streets and they have a threshold, but it's not a threshold that's unobtainable. So if that's what you meant, if it's something else, then no, no worries. But, uh, well, I like the idea of talking about canvas. In fact, I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff, especially since we're at SHOT Show for crying out loud. Like, let's see, you buy a bag for what? Like doing things and like, you know, making your life better. And when possibly could you need a bag or require the elements of a good bag more than at SHOT Show for four or five days, walking all around, carrying endless amount of stuff, right? Like 
needing your bag to be completely effortless, like you don't even want to think about it, but it has to be 100% there for you to support like whatever it is you want to be doing with it, no matter what. So just to riff on that, anybody want to have any good experiences, bad experiences, any stuff that you'd seen that let's go back to my uh, screen here. Oh, I'm not showing it, but go back to needed would be nice luxury, except for what Wesley's saying, as far as backpacks, bag uh, satchels, because now we're talking bags, shot so bags, what would be needed? What would be nice? What would be a luxury? Anybody? Go. I mean, a I think backpack. a backpack is a backpack is needed. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm taking my Highland Tactical Apollo bag. Same thing I've carried in at NRA, USCCA. It was my work bag for a couple of years. What it's is it again? Highland Tactical Apollo. It's freaking bomb proof. Love that bag. Backpack. Yep. Yeah, I don't carry a backpack. So uh, I hear you. What about those one strappy backpacks i don't know what to call them the one strappies yeah, okay like a, saddle like a saddle or saddle yeah saddle bag or something i think they're yeah. called sling packs i yeah, don't I mean it's kind, of, kind of not a big enough brand no oh you don't well i've i mean it depends on the brand i guess but uh some of them well i think this one here this particular one is like a satellite radio uh setup thing that they horked off a military and went oh that's a nice size bag for stuff and then everybody ran with it um but then there's the kind like Maxpedition where they're more like maybe a triangle tier shop shape. And, uh, um, you know, they got the one strap that you can kind of wear either way. Anyway, they're, anyway, that was just say they make them larger. They do make tiny ones too, but they make them in all different sizes. But carrying a bunch of stuff over one shoulder would kill you, I think, in that kind of a format. But I have I, a. I'm, I'm typically a one shoulder backpack guy in general, but at Shot Show, I'm running both shoulders because you've got to be able to support for a week long. You've got to wear both straps, I think. Well, let's just say I use a messenger bag, so like a big giant laptop bag, and it's one shoulder. But for me, it's just, you know, I don't want to carry around a backpack all the time. I mean, I've got a bunch of backpacks, but uh, as far as getting in and out of them, or any of yours, I'm looking at uh, budgets here, but are. Do any of them have any special um, pockets or flaps or something that get a? Because typically backpacks, you gotta either have the zippers up at the top here and unzip both ways, or on one side and kind of zip across, or you know. But some of them have like an easy access pouch or a top or a flap or something. Anybody got anything? Or do you yeah. not pull out of your backpacks enough to need something like that? So I've been using for like the last few three or four years. I've been using a five eleven bag. And it's a smaller bag. Uh, it's got a little pouch up top. Uh, then it's got the big pouch in the middle. It's got water things on both sides. But I got this one because I'm, I'm I like wearing patches during shot. And this specific five, I don't know what this is called. I don't know the name of it. It's it's three or four years old. But the whole front of it is patch panel. Like the whole outside is is where you can put patches on. So it's kind of cool for that. But it's not real big, you know, um, but it does have the, the pouch up top. It has a big inside and then the water holders on each side of it. For me, that's all I need. I don't I don't need a whole bunch of pockets, um, the big pocket to carry, you know, cameras and cables and all that. And the top one to carry, you know, maybe patches or challenge coins or, you know, something like that um, is all I need. I don't need I don't need a whole lot of pockets on mine. 
So I ran the Vertex Gamut 2.0 last year, um, and I've been running that as a regular like work backpack as well for the last ooh, three, four years now. Um, my second one. Other than that, I'm a taller guy, um, and I have a longer torso, so I like the longer length of the Gamut 2.0, so it kind of helps my back kind of stay supported. Of course, I carry my laptop. I got two camera tripod type little setups, and it, I can have everything I want in that bag, and it didn't bother me at all last year. Like you said, Ghost has all those extra po- – mine has all those extra pockets through all the patches, challenge coins, anything I get, all the brochures I can put really in there. I think I had over 200 patches in there last year, and you didn't even notice it. I, mean, I, I will. Oh, go ahead, sir. I was just, just going to. I was going to fill up free air time. Here you go. Yeah, no problem. I was just looking through some of them. I'm looking for what specific video, but uh, as I'm scrolling through a bunch of these bag videos, because we did we did a ton of bag. I mean, definitely one of the things we go to Shot Show for is the nylon and, and backpacks and stuff. So uh, we took a bunch of videos of them over the years. It looks like most of them get. I mean, that one has thirty-one thousand, but that's a unique one from 12 years ago. Most of them are around 5,000 views. And uh, these are old videos. So, you know I mean, your mileage will vary. And I didn't put a heck of a lot of effort into, I just put them out there. I didn't fiddle with them. I didn't put a lot of effort into, what's the word, like creating uh, tags and stuff or, or dinking with them. Uh, but every year for a long time there, especially when we had multiple people going and we had a lot of gear when we were first starting to do video, we were dummy. You know, we were stupid. We were bringing way too much stuff. So uh, um, I'm going to try typing in bag. So anyway, we did a video. We would make a video each year in the hotel of first. Here's a tip. Since we we're talking to people that are going to SHOT Show, as soon as you get there, you all are good at video. As soon as you get there, even sometimes in a and b as you're driving up, video the place. Get a video of your time before you touch anything, before you turn a knob or whatever. Video the whole place. And now you've got something if they start saying, oh, there's a mark on the wall or whatever, right? But um, we would review the hotels just to do it. And then uh, while we were in those fancy hotels, we would do our uh, backpacks and stuff. So here's one, 3,000 views from 12 years ago. Um, I'll eventually find the other ones that I'm looking for. But here's one from 2016, 185 views. So they don't always get views. And like I said, I don't really try to get views. I just throw them out there. But uh, um, it looks like around an average of five grand, 5,000 views uh, per bag video over the years. Um, so anyway, I was just going to recommend using your hotel rooms and your B&Bs as backdrops because usually they're nice, right? And you've got like a nice coffee table or a good backdrop or a fireplace or something. So you, you're carrying bags there that you either bought or you're, you, you're doing reviews of or whatever the deal is. And you're using them and you're at shot show. So you got off time, you got, you know, you're waiting for somebody to get out of the shower or whatever. That's why you got your tripod, you know, kick out a video. If you can get the skyline of Vegas in the background or something, um, shot show, or what am I saying? Range day parking lot. If you're driving over there, you know, doing your, your backpack review in the, in the trunk of a vehicle at the shot show range day with all that stuff going on in the background, right? We've got a, elements of shot show that we can use. Anyway, I'm ch- I'm filling air too as I'm scrolling. Um, anything else on 
bags? Am I interrupting anybody who was going to say something about bags? I know Ghost knows what I'm bringing, and that's that little next pack bag that I bought at Wanamaker. And uh, it's a little one-strap small bag. Yeah, I think when it comes to bags, I mean, like you said, I mean, from my first year at SHOT to where I carry now at SHOT, I carry probably 25% of what I carried my first year at SHOT. So I've, I've whittled it down to the bare minimums now. And so, you know, it's one of those things where your bags are going to evolve probably as you start kind of windling down the equipment that you're going to take. You don't need to have a big bag if you're not taking a whole lot of stuff. So, you know, you want to be comfortable. You want to have it lightweight as possible. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, the first year I went, we all had the big, we tried to make the big rigs up with the GoPro and the sound equipment and the backup batteries on there. And after three or four days of that, you find out that's, just horrible to keep track of and hold on to and the backpack would get smaller each time and for a while i was using a single strap full-size backpack and you write those things will break a shoulder after a while so uh i've gotten to where i carry less and less equipment each year and you just figure out what you absolutely have to have with you on the floor which, you know, you have to be able to carry some water of some sort. That's a fact. But uh, that and, uh, you know, whatever backup better you need. But you keep it light because you're going to be moving around a lot, standing around a lot for hours on end on a concrete floor, and it will wear you down. So you learn after a while. You want to bring the equipment you need, but don't bring equipment you don't need. That, and you're right. Your bags are going to be heavier going out probably than when you came back in. We've got a poll going for people that are joining us live. And if you're interested, feel free to participate in it. What's your opinion of the yearly SHOT Show? And I put in there, love it, can't wait to attend, or like it and the coverage of it, or take it or leave it, I don't watch it. Or triggers me and it hurts my feelings for all the haters. Well, guess what? The haters aren't watching the show. It's zero for that one. Uh, 42% are saying love it and cannot wait to attend. I tried to leave it open. It's not like you're going or you're attending this year. It's like for anybody who might want to attend it, right? Uh, then uh, 33% and uh, for like it and the coverage of it. And then 25% for take it or leave it. Um, we, I was asking everybody, why do some people hate SHOT Show? And you know, SHOT Show started a long time ago, and people started to go there as media, I guess. I'm not sure, actually sure if it was from the beginning or not. But I know that the media at one point was cameras, just regular old cameras with film and everything. So it would take time to take the pictures and then develop the pictures. And then, I mean, if you're a really good photographer, maybe all your pictures came out right. But I think in those days, if you took bad pictures and they turned out to be blurry, you're out of luck, right? Like, wait till next year at SHOT Show or something, or go try to find that gun somewhere else. So I imagine they were probably rushing around trying to develop their film every night so that they could determine if they had good pictures or not, right? But aside from developing their film every night, they weren't going to be into a magazine or something for months, like August or whatever, getting ready for Christmas. Um, so there was like a weird pace to it. And I know that when I was getting into it in 2005, that was changing from film to digital and they were, the internet was happening and people were aware of it, but still not common and not that big a thing, but they were super concerned about airsoft and this concept of people 
ripping you off with airsoft or whatever. Um, but anyway, then you get to a point where the internet starts to kick off in the forums, like in the mid 2000s, the early 2000s, I guess. The uh, forums were big, AR-15, did anybody use the AR-15 ARFCOM, the AR-15 uh, forums? I, I don't know if that still exists, it must still exist. Then some of the other offshoots from that, because that would got pretty, pretty rowdy and pretty angry sometimes, and people would create whole other forums just to get away from there. And then those forums got too busy or off topic, and then others were made. And right around that division there, I think, is when YouTube started to come around and Facebook and the MySpace and the idea of going to a social platform other than, or rather than somebody's individual forum. So anyway, as the evolution of SHOT Show happens, the communities are happening online and then YouTube starts, the communities online have already been established and then YouTube starts to foster those communities. And that's when like video and YouTube hit SHOT Show. And I'm gonna say that's around 2013, 14, 12, I guess, depending on who you're watching and when they got in and started going. But if you think about the largest YouTube entities, entities, they were, either making reviews of gear and or they were farting around and the ones that were farting around had no interest in going to shot show because for whatever reasons they just had no interest in going to shot show right the ones that were doing gear reviews were going to started to go to shot show and i'm not going to name names but the people that experienced this experienced it they kind of wore out their welcome and they made a nuisance of themselves that shot the youtubers when they first started to hit the scene um because there was fame right there wasn't even fortune yet it was just fame like oh look we're we're finally at we know about shot show we're at shot show and we're getting video at shot show and they just started to really like take over take up boots and and they you know anyway so then there was a phenomenon of like oh youtube now everybody knows what it is and then it became uh we need the best youtubers we need the biggest youtubers we need the prettiest youtubers we need the most authentic youtubers like right there was like this frenzy for like let's get people from youtube and and that was let's say the 14 15 era and i think that's where we get a lot of the people who hate shot show coverage because it was a lot of people's uh getting online and, and at least getting onto youtube and, and understanding all the different niches i don't know what to call them like you know the different channels had their different followings and as the as the channel that you followed started to go to shot show they either were the nuisance or they were the one being annoyed by the nuisance right and i think that's where we started to see some division and what i the thing is i don't that keeps going you know the the as i've described the reason i described this from like regular film to digital and everything it's like it's a progress right it keeps going and it didn't stop in 2015. Those YouTubers that were kind of out wearing out their welcome, let's say, and making a scene and making a fool of themselves moved on or at least became nothing uh, less of an issue because they had less followers and the people, the subscribers, I guess, and the people that were interested in different things found different people to watch. And those people either did or didn't go to SHOT Show. But either way, those people didn't, that that were creating the nuisance didn't last long enough to become a permanent nuisance, let's say. And then you have a couple of years later, like say that was like 15, what did you guys start going in 17 and 18? You start to get people like Ghost and Clover who are actually trying to do something in a completely different way. And I can't imagine anybody who was watching Ghost and Clover when they started going to SHOT Show would have said, oh, I don't wanna watch SHOT Show stuff because of what, you know what I mean? I don't think those people came to, your audience didn't come to you from the giant YouTubers. 
they came to you because it was an alternative to the giant YouTubers, I suspect. So anyway, I think I would, that, I would that, agree with that. Sure. I think yeah. the perception that SHOT Show is a bunch of whatever is from a bunch of people who've been around on YouTube for long enough to, and I don't know how many of you guys even know what I'm alluding to. I'm trying not to name names, but if you know who I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I don't know how many people are around from back then, but some of us certainly are. Like YouTube's not that old. It's only since like 2012. So it's like 10 years old. So if you've been around since 10 years, you may have this like bad taste in your mouth because of the way they exploited YouTube, or I mean SHOT Show, and the way SHOT Show reacted to it. So let's say you have no opinion of YouTube. You don't even know who I'm talking about. You're just minding your business, but you like somebody like Cry Precision, or you like somebody like Daniel Defense, or you just like somebody. And Daniel Defense is minding their business, and I come along and go, hey, can I take a video? And they go, sure. And then two years later, a bunch of people come by and go, can we take videos? And they go, sure. And then after a while, they're like, oh, man, we got a video taken and we look like jerks. Let's just, and I'm using Daniel Defense. I don't, I'm, I'm not really thinking of anything specific, but, you know, some company gets a video, they allow a video and then they either like it or they hate it, right? And then they react. So it takes a while for these companies to kind of get into their own, you know, opinion of YouTubers and stuff. So anyway, I think that it's become more of a, thing and more established, I guess, and it's less of a wild card game. So you can kind of expect a YouTuber to come up and, and be this way or that way, just like a blogger or just like any other kind of media, where before it was sort of like new and unknown. And then it was like, sort of like the Bitcoin thing, like a phenomenon, like, oh, wow, a YouTuber is interested in our booth. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. And then it was like, oh, a YouTuber, we desperately need YouTubers. Let's pay them. And then it was like, oh, we paid them way too much. They weren't worth that. We hate YouTubers again. And we're all past that. That was all kind of the 14, 15, 16. And the companies that got burned have, you know, they've cooled off and they're not as they definitely don't care when Ghost and Clover and people like y'all come up and say, hey, can I film a video for free and then just post it <laughs> like you and not charge me $10,000? Yes, please do. And well, I, I think I think a lot of these companies now, especially if, if you've a part of that, like the marketing person and maybe not with that company, but they've been in the industry for seven, eight years. They've they've seen from a marketing side and company wide side, they've seen the ebbs and flows of what quote unquote YouTubers have become, uh, I can tell you that, you know, a lot of my friends in the industry, they'll tell you like they know within, you know, a minute or so of, of a, a, a media person, what side of the stake they are. If, if they can tell them they're just there to whatever, try to get free stuff or, you know, just kind of whatever, they'll give them the time. They're not going to say no to them, but they're not going to take that serious. And they see others walk in and they, they see them want to do the work. They, they're able to tell now what side of the YouTube hemisphere you are. Are you there to work? Or are you there to hang out and all of that? And so I think that even the, the industry has grown to figure out there are some we can utilize and there's some we just kind of ignore. We give them the time to do their interview, but we're not expecting anything from them. But then there's this other side that say, you know what, we want to work with these people. So I think that they're able to distinguish now which is which. kind of spun off there but uh we're an hour in it's the middle of the night so i appreciate you guys all jumping in i don't know how much time i've got you before you all fall asleep or whatever there's another one from wesley uh vegas has become has begun to become unpopular simply because of the expense of operating a convention there it's just simply so much cheaper to run it everywhere else and that's for all 
my other industries. So I don't know about that, but um, I've thought I heard the opposite, that there's not other or very many, if any, other options. At least that's one of the things they said. And I don't know if that's, you know, I'm just listening to what the NSSF said in the past when they were questioned or when they explained why it's going to be in sands for so long. But, uh, I mean, I haven't been in enough of the big cities. You guys have been to NRA museums, or not NRA museums, NRA meetings, and uh, you've been to SHOT Show. Can any of the NRA no, meetings not that I've seen. SHOT Show? Not the places that I've seen in Dallas or Indy or any of the places that hold NRA. Uh, I don't. I don't suspect they could. Maybe. Maybe the facility could host a shot show, but there's a whole other aspect you're talking about. You're talking about sixty to seventy-five thousand people. They all have to stay somewhere. So it's not just the facility being able to hold shot show. It's does that city have the the hotels, the restaurants, the rooms available to host 65 or 75,000 people for a week? And I, I think that's where Vegas has the advantage of the hotel rooms and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't want to say the building's close because I've been to most of the NRA conventions in the different uh, cities. I think Louisville would maybe be the only city big enough. But then again, like you said, Ghost, the convention center's south of town out by the airport there's all your smaller hotels out there there's nothing huge there that can hold that many amount of people i my only other experience is the florida shows in orlando and i really honestly can't remember anymore plus i didn't even a car we were walking from the hotel to the place so the most most i got out of the convention center was uh, to and from the airport and then going out to media day, which might as well have been on Mars. Cause I had, don't have any idea where they took mm -hmm. us. You know, I just know that they were on a bus for a while. So, and I had no idea to like the scale of the town or anything, but well, it see, is, I don't know what so, the convention towns are in the country. Really. Can I ask you real quick, G? Cause I mean, I think you're probably the only one that I know. I know other people that have been, but that I talk to a lot and, and we'll talk about it. The shows when they were kind of going back and forth between cities, but they were down in Florida and Orlando, like the size, as far as the amount of people and the, the booth size and all that, were they equivalent to what they are now? I mean, were, they, were there still 60 to 75,000 people going to shot back then in Orlando or has it grown since then? Maybe they outgrew Orlando. That's a good question. The, um, and we know because it'll tell us right here. So in 2007, it was 42,000 attendees in Orlando. And then in 2009, it was 47,000. So another 5,000 more. And I couldn't tell any difference. Now, that was 47,000 in, in Florida. The next year in Sands was 58,000. And last year was 60,000. The most it's ever been at Sands was 67,000 in 2014. And, you know, just what I was talking about a minute ago, like all that talking about kind of recollecting the perception of YouTubers at SHOT Show and their swell, it was all right at that time. So part of the, the distaste of YouTubers was that they were at the most crowded. Can you imagine another 7,000 people walking around in SHOT Show. I mean, that wasn't like distributed out every day. That was probably all on Tuesday and Wednesday and everybody left or something. But like 
it was one of those years when the, the aisles couldn't be wide enough. There was just not enough food. There wasn't enough water. Everything was running out. And it was the swell of like, you know, remember when Obama's 23 executive actions was in the end, you know, beginning of 13. So by the end of 13, all that was done. And there was just shit tons of surplus AR-15s and new stuff and just a swell of interest and everything was going our way. So that was just a booming year. And then YouTubers are walking around saying like, let me close down your booth and take a three minute video and charge you $20,000 for it. And then, you know, that it was, you know, just all of that. It was like massive pressure. Um, anyway, so 67,000 was the most. And it says there was 2000 media in 2013. I'm just going off of research that, you know, and I'd see an article and it would mention it or whatever. So that gives you some idea that Florida can handle 42,000 and we're at more like 60,000. So I don't think Florida was anywhere near able to get half again as much thinking of it that way. I was going to so say, you, so you don't think that 60,000 could have fit in Orlando if they try to get 60, they couldn't do it probably. I mean, if you did it orderly, like, you know, communism, you could make people do it. Yes. But you know what I mean? I don't think it would be fun because no, I was going to say like the footprint filled Florida. It wasn't like Florida had a bunch of extra room over there in the corners or something. It was full and it was smaller because it had to be smaller in nine, right? Than it is now. So, um, nah, but who's, I don't know. There was another convention. There was some kind of bikini convention happening in the same building. Florida was like, I mean, I guess I could go Google map it or whatever. It's, I guess I could, right? So why not? It's, um, it was some sort of double building and we were in a part of it. Like we were in half of it, I think. But like I said, I didn't get to, it's, you know, I don't know for me, at least I need to drive around in a town to be able to get it. If I'm sitting in a bus and get dropped off at a hotel and then walk a block to the thing, I just don't get, you know, I don't understand the town or whatever, like how big it is or what it's like there. I've never driven around Orlando before. Well, I will say kind of to that note, um, I think that might be one of the draws to Vegas is, you know, the vast majority of people can be within quote unquote walking distance or, you know, right there to where you don't have to drive half an hour from your hotel to get to the convention. A lot of people will stay at the casino hotels and <laughs> literally be able to walk or take the monorail to shots. So the, the convenience of Vegas is probably one of the big attractions as well. Well, this can't be it. This says it's in Disneyland or something. I found the wrong one, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with you on that, Ghost. Especially like NRA, for instance. I know every year we've gone, we our hotel has been at least anywhere from 15 to 20 miles outside of that. So you're driving there each day. And that's another thing. NRA convention, being that it's open to somewhat the general public, as long as you're NRA member, stuff like that, the aisles get so jam-packed, you can barely move through. SHOT Show, you really don't run into that as much unless you're kind of in the basement. You do run into that a little bit, but not as much. Well, you, you do in normal years. Um, okay, like, so I, I yeah, look forward and, to that. <laughs> yeah, you look forward to that. The, it's 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 not going to be as congested as NRA to some extent. Um, but, yeah, on, on normal years, like 2022 was a phenomenon. Um, 
and I don't think it's going to get back to the 67,000 or whatever, but it's definitely going to be more than the 30 or 40 that was there last year. Um, it's, it's going to be a little more hectic, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, there is something about it, it, it being crowded. It, it is a real thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's not going to be like it was, I don't, I don't suspect it's going to be like it was this past year. Yeah, I might be wrong. Year. In past years, I can remember even when you'd go to get something to eat, you might wait in line 20 minutes or even just to use a restroom. You'd have to wait in line, and there were no lines for much of anything last year. No, and I will say this, Milser, the time that you, you, you probably noticed that when you were in a booth, you could sit there for 10, 15, 20, half an hour to an hour having conversations with people in the booths in normal years that you can might maybe do that every now and then, but chances are you've got about five to 10 minutes and you know, there's 20 other people waiting to get that same person. So it, it's going to be interesting to hear from you uh, this the, during the week. And it's like, Oh man, this is a lot different or it's not that different. I don't know. I, I suspect it's going to be a lot bigger than it was last year or yeah, last year. All right. So I found the Orange County Convention Center where shot was in nine and seven. So this is nine. Orlando? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is it I was in this hotel over here with the purple thing on it. And this was a restaurant. And then I think this is hotels. And then I think this is another hotel. So there's ho and this like we could we just walked out of this hotel across this road and into the center part. And if I remember correctly, SHOT Show was, oh, wait, no, no, I was wrong. Because I was going to say, I was just, I was thinking it was only on a half, but I'm wrong. Because this, when you walked in here, you walked on this walkway across, like a bridge across the middle. And SHOT Show was this whole fucking thing. So SHOT Show took the whole thing. I, was, I knew there was a half because I remember on over here, we got on the bus. Uh, we got on the bus over here. And that's where I was like, oh, there's two halves to this building. And for some reason, I was thinking we were in only a half. But as soon as I look at it from this side, as soon as you walked in from that road that I came across on, then, oh, no, wait a minute. No, this is where we walked in. I'll bet you that's where the, oh, no, that, this is where the, all right. So there was another half. So this, the SHOT Show took up this half. Now, I don't know if this half is still convention center or if this is something else over here, like if they, there was a bikini convention somewhere nearby, but it might have been in one of these hotels. I mean, how big can it be? Bikini convention be? Um, but Chat Show is effectively this side, and this entrance here is uh, see, it says halls A and B. So, does that mean there's halls C or something? Anyhow, I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask somebody like from uh, what's it called? NSSF, probably. If there's other other pieces of this that would make it big enough. Otherwise, I think this looks like it's kind of by itself. You know, there's SeaWorld next door, and there's got to be hotels for SeaWorld. But this is otherwise it's just people's houses and a bunch of lakes and stuff. Like, there's not like Vegas where it's a ton of different opportunities. And I guess I'm going to take a second here, because when you were talking about Vegas having opportunities, think about how many... Things happen in hotel rooms or in hotel rooms or whatever, not rooms, but like hotel bars that are 
adjacent to SHOT Show, like part of SHOT Show, but they're not official or sanctioned, you know what I mean? But they're happening no matter what. So wherever SHOT Show happens, there'd have to be room for that to happen, right? Well, especially like you said, what G-Web's with when you've had Clover on, World of Concrete's going on the exact same weekend or same week. Right. So I would just and, like it if they kicked World of Concrete out because the new conventions and every time I go, or the real conventions, every time I go back the, to, by there, I call it the new one because it looks all new now. It's just so cool looking. Like we, I'm sure we could fit in there. But we I went there for a couple too. hours last year. I will say that my dad is in the concrete rebar industry. So we went there for a few hours. We had some time to waste on Friday afternoon. It was pretty cool. Yeah. The building or the convention or both? The convention. Yeah, I bet. Did somebody just jump out? Oh, Ghost jumped out. Oh, let's see. So then anybody else on Vegas being unpopular because of the expense? Uh, would you go? Do you think it would be cheaper going to other places? It could be, but I just don't know. Like we've always said, where would we go? That's I'm trying to think all the big cities that I've been to that have the convention space. Kansas City. I don't know if it's there. DJ it's wants just, it to be in Kansas City. It's all about. I would, I would uh, love it in Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, do they have do they have a convention center? Yes, they do. Do they have that kind of hotel space? Yeah, I'm not real sure about that. Yeah, it's. I'm just trying to think where else maybe. I of course they try to stay out of a major. Like of course, you wouldn't do New York City. You couldn't do DC. You couldn't do. Can't do it in Chicago. Can't do it in Chicago. It's like there's so many cities that you would never see it done in, and you're really narrowing that limit down to a couple cities. In Chicago, it'd be so congested. That's why oh. when you guys talk about some of these towns, it's like I guess it's on the side of town or like you know the edge of town. But when it's like a big like L.A. or something, it would just be horrible. No matter where it is, because of the traffic and the, uh, just the city happening. Where Vegas basically, at least for the, you know, Vegas is a real town. I mean, there's all kinds of regular stuff happening there. But the part where all those hotels are is effectively for uh, tourists, right? It was, it's everything about it is just, it kind of all happens right there in the strip. That's just good. Vegas was kind of designed for things like this. Oh, you know what, though? As I say that, what about New Orleans? Did they rebuild in such a way to be able to accept large conventions after the flooding and all that? Uh, yes and no, but it's still not to the scale that I would think shot could stay there. Okay, because uh, I thought maybe with all of that devastation, maybe they said, hey, why don't we make ourselves like the new Vegas or something? But nah, shot, our, New Orleans is pretty much restricted um, to as much as it can get. I've been there a couple times, and it's being that it's on the peninsula, it is. They really can't expand. The hotels pretty much is limited out. And when I was, because I was there when I was a kid, and I don't remember a heck of a lot, but then I've been back since. A lot of the hotels I remember were closed after the storm. There's just, there's not what they could do. There's space out to the northeast that they could move, but you're getting into the swampland. It just, you run into issues with New Orleans. So I'm just going to go through where it's been. It started in St. Louis in 79, then San Francisco, New Orleans, Atlanta, Dallas, Dallas, Atlanta, Houston, New Orleans, Vegas, 
Dallas, Vegas, Dallas, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, Vegas, Dallas, Vegas, Vegas, Atlanta, Vegas, New Orleans, Vegas, Orlando, Vegas, 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 Orlando, Vegas, Orlando, and then Sands since 2010. So uh, that sounds so cool. It would have been so expensive. And I think that's the thing. It may or may not be inexpensive to go to one town or each town is going to have a different expense. And when they travel like that, you're either getting hit with a big expense or a little expense. I think there's probably something to the consistency of the expense, right? Vegas isn't quite the center of the country, but as far as airplanes go, there's commuter traffic usually to Vegas or whatever. So it's probably for the industry easier to deal with one city than jumping all around. And you think about like a week long show like they're putting on. And uh, if you're trying to throw private parties and stuff like that, what better place than a place like Vegas? Uh, where else can you otherwise entertain people than Vegas? And who could handle that kind of air traffic in and out better than uh, Las Vegas Airport? I mean, it's just, and that and having a nice range right outside of town doesn't hurt either. Wesley's saying when they talk about the expense, they mean the purchase of the actual booth in the convention center, which can approach a million dollars. I guess when you're talking those big booths, I can see it being a million, but I've talked to people in the past and it's expensive, but it's not that expensive to get a booth. But yeah, the big giant like Glock or something upstairs, I'm sure that's a million bucks, but it's Glock for crying out loud. Okay, so another starred question uh, was, oh, for me, like how different if it was in a different city? I guess we've already really answered that. So that's not much of a question. Uh, Pink said, think about the laws for range day. Yeah, Vegas or Nevada is pretty decent for that. Florida was fine. Actually, I wasn't carrying in Florida, so I don't know about Florida. In fact, we didn't carry, wait, we didn't carry in Florida because I don't think we could. Or could we? I think we could, and I was too scared back in seven or whatever, nine to fly with it. No, yeah, because then in 10, I flew with it. No, yeah, 10, I flew with it. Okay, so I think in nine, I was too scared to fly because I figured it would be a pain in it. Wait, did we fly? Maybe we did. Maybe it was a pain. I can't remember anymore because I know flying to salt lake city i was like oh that was nothing because it was arizona to salt lake city every tsa knew they were totally comfortable with guns flying to florida it was all like <gasps> so i think or maybe we just heard stories of people having trouble and then i didn't i honestly can't remember it's been that long but um yeah that's a good point point. and if it was in well those cities you've talked about though like uh where'd you say louisville i can't imagine louisville is going to care about guns they're not as scared of guns it was in like Milwaukee, I think we'd have to worry about everybody getting upset with TSA or TSA getting upset with everybody. I'm kind of wondering how that's going to go up in Cleveland because that's where I'm leaving from is Cleveland. And I'm, I chose a nonstop flight so I can not worry about a layover in Chicago or anything because I'm you're, planning you're to travel carrying? with a pistol. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, where are you at? You're in Ohio? Yeah. 
So I don't, you don't, you do got constitutional care anyway. Yes. So are you constitutionally carrying and then you're going to carry in Vegas constitutional or? No, I have a, I have a Ohio concealed handgun license, which is reciprocal with Nevada. Okay. And then. um, I'm just worried about the TSA up in Cleveland, giving me issues or the airline giving me issues or whatnot. I, it, it, it'll probably go off without a hitch, but it'll be my first time flying with a gun. Well, not, it'll be my first time flying period. So not really, it'll be a, an experience for me. A lot of firsts on this trip. What airline are you flying? Frontier. Yeah. I've never flown through Frontier with firearms, so I don't know how they're, I know I did Delta once when I first got my CCW and it was, that was a painful experience and that will never happen again. But Americans always gave me good luck with American. We think we were Southwest, but I really don't remember anymore. But it, I think it's more of the airport's TSA because it's well, I don't know. Does TSA, I guess, works for the airport or do they work for the airlines? TSA should be TSA. Right. It's government, it's federal. Like, yeah. But I mean, it's not like they have a, a Delta Airlines guy that does the guns. It's a TSA well, guy you, that comes over. And you go it. to, from what I understand, you go to the ticket counter before the TSA checkpoint, before the security area, and that's where you turn, you, declare that you have a firearm in your luggage and you know well, you, you don't have any of that stuff with you by the time you go deal with tsa i've flown a long long time ago so i'm sure yeah, it's different yeah. right now and, and it'll be different for the airport but anyway i think it is the tsa is federal so the tsa people are i think what i was getting at is the if the airport is in a gun-friendly place they're used to seeing guns and even if they don't like yeah. guns they're not as scared of them anymore they're familiar with them but if you're in an airport that's not then i think it's more they're just less there's use less used to seeing them but you're talking about ohio is this anywhere near camp perry where somebody might be going in and out all the time with guns yeah yeah so i think i'll be i'll be be leaving from cleveland hopkins airport so i'm sure it's pretty common yeah and then vegas as the other side is you know they're used to seeing guns all the time so you know, so here's the thing. It's just like any kind of you're not used to flying, but it's just like any thing you can imagine, right? It's either going to go fine or it's going to be a mess or somewhere yeah. in between, right? Like, so as long as you understand that it can get all crazy, then you know, it's, it's all right. The worst that happens is you lose your gun completely. So, first question is, are you bringing like, uh, you know, not your favorite gun or are you bringing your favorite gun? I'm not my favorite gun. Uh, I'll be bringing a Glock 26. Yeah, so basically a commodity gun. And as long yeah. as that's what I think those are for, too. It's like, ah, dang it, I lost my gun. But whatever, I have way better guns. So, um, right on. So, I mean, you're planning on shooting it all down there? Um, Shooting what? The gun? Guns. I, yeah. Well, at range day, yeah. So I like the idea you bring guns. Pink's brought guns before. Nobody else has the balls to bring guns. I don't think Clover's brought guns. FYI. Am I wrong? Nick, are you bringing guns? I am not. I, my state See, does most not reciprocity. My, well, my license doesn't reciprocity with Nevada. So, oh wait, wait. I'm in Illinois, wait, so wait. we get like very little. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh. Your reciprocity oh. doesn't work with Nevada. I don't believe so. Let me double check. That's they don't super work with lame, me, dude. That's super lame, dude. I mean, you don't need to hear that, but that is super lame. I don't know if ours is. I'm pretty sure ours is, but uh, you can't carry in shot. You know that, right? 
Correct. Okay. I would have to leave it in the car in the parking lot, locked up in the Do trunk you need or whatever. A, uh, I don't know when you get in there. You're getting, I'm like, getting there the 14th. Oh, that doesn't help me. Saturday. Okay. Anyway, with either way, I'll I'll bring a couple extra of those metal clamshell dealies and oh, okay. the key, so you've got a lockbox whenever we meet up. Okay. So I was hey, gonna Mark. buy I was I'm gonna, gonna put, buy a bicycle chain and chain it up, chain my pistol case up in the trunk. But yeah, a metal one would be better. Uh, oh, wait, do you have that? Are you bringing it in a metal pistol case, or are you bringing no, it in just a regular? I'm bringing case? it in a in a plastic hard sided. Actually, it's a cedar mill firearms case. Well, dude, I, I keep buying them things all the time, so you can just have it. I'll, if I remember to, I'm going to write it down right now to bring it, and then uh, if I remember to bring it, then you can just have it because I have like four of them. But bring a, 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 a here's the deal. You, I put the reason I have a bunch of them is because I put the you know what I'm talking right about here. the metal ones. They're like twenty bucks, and you but they've got a bicycle chain that goes from the metal case right, and you uh, twine it in through your frame of your luggage. So it's basically connected to your luggage a little bit. It's like anchored to your luggage. And then that way, if somebody does try to swipe it, it's just a pain in the ass for them to swipe it. Um, it's not like it's perfect. But anyway, then you've got a metal box inside your luggage. But that'll work. The I mean, problem okay. is, I because I have one of those boxes for oh, okay. my vehicle. It's just that it's the weight. Because my the airline's got a check baggage limit of like 40 pounds. Okay, and well then no problem. I don't want to exceed that. That's it. why I chose and a plastic you can just use case. It while you're out here. And if you accidentally we don't meet up, then you can just have it or throw it away. But they're like twenty bucks, so I don't even care. So, but I'll bring an extra one to be sure you got one. So you got all right. Okay. Hey, my our uh, budget. Yeah. Hey, uh, does your uh, case that you're traveling with does it lock? I have. Like padlocks. Yeah, I have padlocks on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's that's one thing you have to have is uh, padlock. Um, when now, like when you're flying, when you declare your firearm, you have to make sure that your gun is empty. Um, there's no ammo in the magazines. They keep changing it all the time, but um, you got to make sure that there's no ammo in the magazines. All your ammo has to be in the original boxes. Yes, and the original box can be in the same box with the pistol, correct? Yes, yes. All right. And then you, you just walk up there, you know, declare, you know, say, you know, I need their uh, firearm in my luggage. They'll ask, you know, like if you have two bags, they'll ask which one. You show them, they'll, you have to open up your luggage. Um, and uh, you don't have to open up the case right you know, there. But what they'll do is they'll take your uh, ID, you fill out a form, and tape it to your case. And then they send it on its way to uh, have, uh, like, the security check it and everything else now do they mark the uh the luggage itself the bag itself in any no. way no yes good no. because that would bother me they put a tag on it and people who know what the tags say know what it is but it's not like an orange tag instead of a blue tag it's just that it's got writing on it so Wait, well uh, yeah yeah the thing that th that's why you have to open up your luggage because you have to take this thing on it saying that you're declaring that it, uh there's firearm in there and that's on the and has you know has your uh, information and everything on it's it. It's effectively a receipt that they did their job on that end before you right. got on the plane. So it's no big deal. And then it's inside the luggage as well. Yeah. And then, right. I mean, 
anyway, so we won't get into the whole like luggage thing. Luggage is luggage. So the best thing you can do is have a Pelican box that locks, and then you put locks through the Pelican lock things. You know, yep. the, yeah, yeah. Lampy things. Everything else, a ballpoint pen. You bust a zipper, open it, zip, zip, and you zips it right back up, and you don't even know who's been rifling through your luggage with a regular zipper. Um, but that's a whole other discussion, I guess. But uh, getting pelicans the cases is the whole back to weight thing you're talking about. Like then you're talking half of the weight of your luggage is the pelican case. So you know, is your stuff yeah. really that valuable? So again, that's why having a commodity pistol for something like that. Uh, Bishop is out there. I don't know if are they going to be set up again. I had yeah, heard one way or the other. I don't know. Um, so here's the deal. Pink, are you bringing guns? Yeah, I always bring three. All right. Well, then here's the deal. There's range day on Monday. You're there on Saturday? Yeah. Budget? No, budget. No, it's yeah. Oh. Awesome. Both we of you guys are there on Saturday? Well. Yep. Who else? I get in on Mark Saturday. Mill Surfers out there there too on Saturday? Mark well, I want to have a, uh, a day or two to acclimatize. Yeah, blah, blah. How about you acclimatize when we go out to the desert shooting? Because now we have a bunch of people that are bringing <laughs> guns to Vegas, and we can go out to. So I was going to say, there's range day, and that's going to the Boulder, blah blah yeah. blah county range or whatever. And then there's some other range days which are also at the blah 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 range. Vegas is in the middle of the desert, and there are places to just go shooting. So, I mean, if you've never been shooting in the desert, we go shooting in the desert, and we can bring up some guns and go oh, shooting. Oh, that's cool. Or just everybody shoot their carry guns and say you've been able to shoot in Vegas, like for real, like just real, you know, just going shooting as opposed to going to range day where it's all a bunch of fancy shooting. If you want, I don't want to pressure everybody, but at least we got the potential if everybody wanted to uh, Sunday, you don't have I'm to do it Saturday to when everybody's showing up, but Sunday, it doesn't, unless everybody's got other plans for Sunday, uh, we could so go far, shooting. I, do not. I think Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, I know there's a couple other people in our group that are coming in as well that it's their first time and their first time in vegas so we're going to take them to uh battlefield vegas and let them shoot some machine guns some old military machine guns stuff like that okay so. we'll talk off air for sure talk off air for sure definitely talk off air for sure before you do that before we go or before you go um bishops on the first floor booth 41805 who wants to describe bishop ammunition and firearms I'm assuming y'all know, like big bore lever actions. They have oh, their really? own caliber. Oh wait, you don't know? No, so I this don't is know. Oh yes, gun channel budget. Place. You have to shoot that. I shot that at range day last year. Oh, wait, that are they is... at range day also? I don't they'll know. Ask, they'll tell us right now. I but think uh, was at range day last year. Yeah, they have been the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will be. Well, Gizzard, you describe Bishop ammunition and firearms they have their own calibers right they have their own calibers and they build their own custom rifles to, uh, around those calibers and stuff like that so they yes we are talking range day we Darn. are talking long range uh, typically specialty ammunition and these are gun channels people so oh yeah you know what i'm saying wink wink nunch nunch these are gun channels people so uh they've been going for quite a while now uh on the what do you call it on the uh exhibitor side i mean they've gone before as regular attendees i think i don't know if they went as media before maybe but uh you know as far as exhibiting ex exhibitors 
Um, so I know that Ghost is having some conversations with people, and Clover and I have uh, actually shit. Was I supposed to do a show this morning? I think I was. Damn, yeah, I was kind of listening. I'm like, wait, where's go? Where's Jewebs at? I think I I messed up like, it, it was a slow morning years. this morning. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'll see if I can do it tomorrow or not. I do have something I was supposed to do tomorrow, but I can probably do it a little bit later. So uh, I might, depending on when we shut down. It's only 11, it's only midnight for me now. So thanks everybody for staying up this late. Uh, we'll probably wrap it up here in about 10 minutes so that everybody isn't up in the light for everybody. But uh, um, I totally forgot. But anyway, I was thinking I'm losing my uh, path here. But I think that uh, we plan to have a bunch of people from SHOT Show together. But I don't think we have enough time left to have both like media people who go to SHOT Show together, you know, who've been there before to chat, kind of like what we're doing right now, except in the morning, uh, and then have a second show for people who have exhibited. But uh, Ghost has been having people who exhibit, and I don't know if they're going to have more of those shows or not, but it would be interesting to have Bishop and uh, I don't think Aegis has ever set up there, but I'm sure they've got an opinion of it as a uh, manufacturer. Uh, and then some of the other folks that y'all know now for years, and Gary knows a bunch of knife people. It'd be interesting to have knife people who've had booths because that's got to be a whole nother layer of difference, right? Because they don't have any of the FFL kind of business, but they got to worry about people horking their knives, I bet. You know, I mean, well, I wonder how many knives they bring. Yeah, I imagine. And they're, uh, you know, the security of it all, because just like the, just like a lot of the gun places, they have knives that aren't available for sale yet. And some of them, they don't even allow to be photographed. You know, they allow people to come and look at them, but we don't want photographs. So you kind of got to be careful around places like that. They'll say you can look at it, but no photos. Uh, if budget, if you ever, if you got time or if you want to do something and invite people uh, to chat about the flying part of it, uh, my experience with flying is decades ago, but I mean, just don't have unrealistic expectations. And if you're flying the cheapest flight, you're not driving and you're not, you know, taking days off of work to drive type of thing, right? So usually, no. you know, it's better than not. And you're not in the back of a C-130 or some shit either, right? You're in a, it's the most uncomfortable airline flight is better than a non-closed door on some kind of airplane where you're not even in a seat or a helicopter or something shitty. So, uh, yeah, comfort or whatever, however long the flight is, it isn't like you're going to Hawaii either. You're only going a couple of hours probably. How, what is your flight time? Three hours, four hours? Four hours and change. Because it's nonstop. So. Yeah. But yeah, lots of lots of people I've heard uh, horror stories or whatever. We've had some crazy, when we went to Florida, we got into it, the tiniest plane except for like privately owned aircraft, like the smallest airline plane I've ever been in. I've like finally... And all the, I mean, I've definitely been in airplanes where you have to climb up a ladder to get into the airplane like a million times, but it's all military airplanes. Like I've never been into, this was the first time I ever went into an air, when we went to Florida for nine, it was the first time I, uh, coming back, I got into an airplane from Dallas to Tucson where we were like, what? And they kept taking us down these roads and like, or not roads, but like the, what do they call the, those little branches of the airports or whatever, where you're like, you know, you sit in waiting for the airplane. They kept taking us further and further and further. I'm like, is there a mistake? Like, we're not employees or whatever. And the next thing I know, we're standing on the freaking tarmac or whatever it's called, the runway shit. And they're walking us out next to the airplane in the air on the, on the concrete. 
and we walked upstairs to get into the airplane like in the 50s or something it was great so it was like a plane with two seats across or three seats across one and then a space and then two and there must have been 18 or 20 people on it it was tiny it was the tiniest like airline it was like on united airlines or something or american or something but it was like you know a little bit bigger than a lear jet or something it was crazy small but anyway so uh there's you're gonna have some kind of oh are you gonna do a review of the airline of the flight and that kind of stuff um i don't know i hadn't are there affiliate links to frontier i don't know that'd be interesting yeah i don't either but uh Either way, you can talk about your bag, like, oh, my bag was perfect on the airplane. You know, get some pictures of it in the overhead, get some pictures of it climbing into the plane or whatever, and, you know, make it make lemonade. But it might be a lot of people don't fly the inexpensive ones, and then they figure out that it's like, like they don't know that it's like 75% of the expensive one, you know, just a bit of uncomfort or discomfort or something or a little bit of lack. If they just they don't have somebody walk by with drinks or something or something as easy as that. I don't know. Um, let's see. Bishop says Idaho Governor Little is scheduled to be at our booth. Oh, for ten minutes the first thing on Wednesday morning. That's pretty cool. So is that because like the state is trying to like acknowledge, promote, and uh, hype the businesses in the state? I'm assuming that's pretty cool. There's a bunch actually. Wow, that would be cool. Has anybody ever seen or done? I'm assuming you haven't done, but has anybody ever seen anybody do a review of shot that's state-centric? I think I may have done a thing one time where I highlighted all the Arizona companies that shot just because I'm like that. You know, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Let me list all the Arizona ones or all the ones I knew. And then I was like, oh, shit, most of them are from Arizona. What am I missing? But uh, that would be kind of interesting to see what states are represented. I wonder if Shot has that data somewhere. They must. Oh, I bet you could get it from the one of those apps or the charts or the lists of all the companies. You could probably sort it by state or something and find out how many uh, people are representing each state. Okay, so we're hitting the top of the hour. Why don't we say thanks again for everybody for joining us late like this. And Pink, I think, is actually at work jumping out on a cigarette break. Um, but uh, promote your stuff. Um, I'll promote Ghost Thing. He does a channel or he does a chat every Tuesday. He does videos all the time. He does polls over on his channel. He's got the Instagrams. He's got, uh, I don't know, does Ghost do stuff on Facebook? I imagine, probably. Uh, does he have other channels? I think he does. I think he has some channels for the military podcast stuff. So he has, Yes, he does have right? a couple other channels. So uh, check him out, Ghost Tactical. Uh, DJ probably dropped links before everybody before, but uh, now he's gone. So uh, thanks for him for jumping in on a work night. I'm going to go with, uh, I can't remember who jumped in next. Was it Budget or was it? Uh, I think so. So Budget. No, maybe, maybe it was Gary. No, Gary's retired. He can wait a minute. <laughs> um mike with mk outdoor journal formerly budget guns and gear reviews you can find me here on youtube at mk outdoor journal uh all over the internet you know facebook instagram twitter whatever at mk outdoor journal um thanks for the invite g i really appreciate it it's uh good to be here normally i would 
be asleep by now, but you know, hey, it's all right. I was off today, so it's all good. Right on. Well, I'm glad I did then. So I was just trying to think everybody was going to shot. I figured it was worth a shot. So uh, yeah, I'm glad because I know you're what said like 1 p.m. Your time would be better. It's the best. it's two o'clock my time. No, no, I mean oh, yeah, when yeah, would one, be a good time my, for you? during my during my drive to work from like 12 to 1:45 ish. Yeah, that's when okay, usually so you can catch me. I'm curious because you've got you know MK or what are you calling it MK MK Outdoor Journal. So I'm never going to get used to that. But you're basically the same thing. You just change the name because someone yeah. told you to change the name or kanji in to change the name. But uh, you're essentially not just guns, right? So no, I I'm do. Curious. I do well, guns. No, I, I do camping and gear and all kinds of DIY stuff. DIY and projects and stuff. So yeah. what I'm curious is what your focus is going to be on. If it's going to be like 50, 50, 70, 30, and that kind of probably stuff. About 70, 30, probably about 70, 30, probably about 70% guns and 30% other stuff. But who knows that might change if I get there and see stuff that I'm just like, Oh man, that's cool. Okay. And well, here's it. the thing. You called it MK outdoor or whatever, so that you could get rid of budget guns and gear a little bit. Right. So yeah. that you could create more footprint on and get like uh platforms that are anti-gun or whatever to leave you alone type of stuff well, um mostly to get rid of the, mostly to get rid of the budget and the negative connotations with brands inexpensive well okay well yeah. here's the thing you also got rid of the guns part so you might as well monopolize on that because mk outdoor journal can do anything and it yeah. doesn't have to touch guns so i'm gonna and i guess since we're talking if you don't mind if nobody cares if i don't blab on further here um my at least my mansplaining or my advice would be or my suggestion i don't know if it's necessarily advice at least put this you know think about it for a minute 70 30 the other way you've got knives you've got flashlights you've got canvas you've got boots you've got and i'm just i could go on and on you've got just starting with that stuff right knives yeah. flashlights and canvas and boots all of those touch your channel every one of them is a sweet affiliate link on one of the sweet affiliate links out there. All of them is a potential, send me this and I'll review it. And you're going to use it and it's useful. And now you've got, I mean, I literally have bags from uh, Spec Ops, who's awesome company out of Texas, Midland, Texas, awesome as bags ever. I got them in like six or something. Seriously, I got these bags in six. And you'll look at them. They look like they're brand new. And I use the crap out of them. Like at some point, I'm like, I'm just going to tear these things apart. And I can't. Thousand denier nylon, U.S. made, is impossible to destroy. It's awesome. Anyway, um, gear, right? Like tons of opportunity and sweet affiliate links. And it's all YouTube friendly, Google friendly. And tens of tons of people buy bags and look at that stuff. So that's why I'm thinking first year, you're trying to recoup. 70% guns is fun, but it's an uphill battle no matter what you're trying to do with it to monetize that. The gear right. is sweet, 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 sweet income, and it's a lot of fun. And you can, there's going to be competition because there's all the people from Knife Show or whatever it's called, Blade Show. There's all the people like Wesley who just care about you know the backpacks and the nylon. But there's backpacks, there's holsters, there's... Um, CCW because there's different kind of holsters, right? Then there's uh, um, chest rigs and all that kind of stuff. So there's plenty of room in the in the canvas. And if you're sticking around the 
rucksack like survival you know what i mean there's still competition but now you're you're getting long tail stuff so i'm just throwing that out there like strategy wise you can go down you i can tell you you can this is a bonus for anybody that's listening to this you can sit down at a knife booth let's say you know a knife booth that you like there's a million of them and gary can tell you this he's done it i'm sure sit down for half an hour and go through every single knife they got they got nothing else to do. That's what they're there for. And they're yep. going to sit there and give you three or four minutes on every single knife. And I'll bet you this year, it'd be pretty sweet to go. Can you give me one minute on each knife so I can do shorts? We're going to sit here. How many knives do you got? 50. Awesome. There's 50 weeks this year. What? How awesome is that? Give me one minute on each knife. We'll sit here for an hour. Maybe that's a little bit too much to ask your first time chatting with them. But what if it isn't? And now you've got one video that took an hour and it went through every knife at SHOT Show. And then you have a one minute short that refers to that knife video. And now you put affiliate links to everything in there, Amazon. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So, and I just throw that out there because you aren't attached to guns and you're not, unless you're trying to hook up with like High Point, which would be awesome. Like you'd be the best rep for High Point out there personally, but uh, next to Tony Simon. But uh, I don't know enough about High Point. But, you know, I mean, if you've got a specific, I'm just pulling that out of my ass. So if you do have something going with High Point, I apologize. But No, I you know, don't. I don't have anything you, going with anybody. I just picked it because it's in Ohio. But if you had some strategy to do something like that, then what I'm talking about would be annoying. It would, you know, be counteractive. You're, you're going by yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there as a uh, challenge to the 70-30 because, you know, I don't know, just everything I just said. Um. But if you want, like I say, uh, I'll go live anytime you want also. So um, if there's a day that's going to be better for you to just chat about shot while you're in the car, give me a couple hours heads up or a day's heads up or whatever you can, and then we'll go live. All right. Cool. So Millsurp, what's your deal? What's your channel? So yeah, I'm, I'm Nick, half of the Millsurp Duo YouTube channel. Uh, we're father and son. We love old military rifles, cover a little bit of everything, reloading for them, um, shooting them. History of them. I'm going to be starting a second channel here in the near future um, called Millsurp Mess Hall. Um, I do a lot of cooking barbecue, stuff like that. So I'll be doing some videos on that. Um, like you asked with, with Shot Show G Webs, um, I'm actually going to be going as part of a podcast I'm involved with called the Reloading Podcast. So we'll be, I'll be doing videos on that channel as well, um, talking to a lot of the reloading industry partners we have on the show i know i have an interview set up with a small company um called fw arms he makes a uh, universal decapping dies stuff like that um i will be doing reviews on products with my channel um i haven't reached out to any of them yet but there's some smaller companies that i have talked to a little bit last year that i still have contacts with this year i'm gonna reach out to them probably this week um, and then there's a couple of them that kind of do like, for instance, coming called Taylor firearms. They do, uh, work, custom work on modern, like, uh, cult peacemakers, stuff like that. I'm going to talk to them, probably swing by, uh, H and R, which is now owned by Palmetto state. Talk to them, see how the, uh, H and R clone M 16s are coming along that I was being told about last year. Just see what's out there. Of course. What's that? Semi auto or. It's going to be semi-auto, of course, but um, so the gentleman that runs that company now, I don't know if you ever heard of Nodex Bud. Yep. So he's they, they got the gentleman from Nodex Bud to come take over H&R, and he's producing H&R M16 A1 clones that look almost identical. 
to the ones that H&R provided to the government back during Vietnam. My buddy has his hands on one. I've seen photos, but it looks incredible. So I'm excited to see one at shot. Um, and he's been, the gentleman was telling me last year, there's some other stuff he's been kind of playing around with. So I'm excited. See what all is out there. Right on. That's a pretty awesome, like, uh, summary for first off. So you're going to do good because that's pretty much half a shot show is just being able to communicate what you're doing and that kind of thing. But, uh, it's also like, uh, a, uh, a nice slice to, or a nice, uh, agenda for a second year of SHOT Show. It's not super crazy. Like a lot of people go, oh man, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, but it's also challenging. So, uh, but it's like challenging, but doable. So, And I went into it last year with an open mind. I know my dad had went back in 2014 with uh, his cousin that owned a gun shop. So he kind of had had a previous experience with it, but being my first time last year, yeah, went with the open mind, really just walked around the show floor, saw what I wanted to see, also started to talk to some companies because I was starting my channel a little bit more just posting videos just to post them, have fun. But uh, I did make some contacts. Hopefully those contacts can continue, if not get better. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Dude, that's super cool. I'm going to put that in as a comment here. And man, I wish there was more days to talk about it or if I would have... Uh... Had a little bit better end of the year. I could have been more aware that, or more positive I was going, and I probably would have leaned into this more. But that whole idea of like gun shops uh, who went to Shot Show as a gun shop before, or you know, so they know what Shot Show is from the gun shop POV, um, and then becoming content creators. That's super interesting because the way that it started was military people holding cameras, and then just people like myself who are interested in evolving the coverage of the show and playing with our websites and then eventually with our YouTube channels. And then everybody just kind of jumped on it. It became a phenomenon and everything. But the people that started the videoing were all just amateurs for sure. Like, except for maybe Eric who came in from a gun shop. Most of us were just all, I mean, I guess I technically hung out at a gun shop, but I wasn't like running a gun shop, working at a gun shop or anything. I just hung out there all the time. But, um, you know, pretty much everybody was just somebody who's doing their YouTube as a hobby. And then all of a sudden they're making, you know, depending on who it was, tens of thousands of dollars all of a sudden from their hobby. And then most of them jumped off and got with agents and, and reps and, you know, became more professional with it. And, but they're still starting as amateurs. So the idea that years later, once everybody's comfortable with sort of the, like, like everything I just mentioned in earlier in the show with all the like, you know, progress or evolution of how it all went down. Now you've got people who saw all that, experienced it all, and have an actual understanding of the industry and, you know, the nuts and bolts of guns and stuff, not just the industry, but like the, the mechanics of it all. So they come in as subject matter experts instead of just good at holding a camera or have the time to hold a camera. That's going to be interesting. And I know from, well, it sounds like what you've got going your friends, is this the reloading podcast that you're talking is came from a gun shop? So no, my, so the, from the gun shop side, that was my dad when he went back in 14, um, okay. his cousin ran a real range here in town, but I go through the farms radio network, which is what the podcast is on. That's who I go through. I don't go through my personal channel. Okay. But, um, 
anyway, the way you mentioned though, that, you know, having some experience with, from a gun shop's perspective, I'm going to be interested in that because of the machine gun nest, they've been doing a lot of content. Um, there's some radio shows, right? The couple that I listen to are gun shops that uh, you know, are getting into the scene. So coming into it from the experience and awareness of the gun shop. So you're not coming in with like, uh, you know, uh, anyway, I just think that's going to be an interesting element of the progress of coverage, not just of SHOT Show, but just in general, because it'll make things more interesting when people, let's say, who are veterans of the industry start chiming in instead of people who are just customers of the industry, which is, yeah. you know, just where we come from. And it's just, you know, we've only got it kind of one-sided for the most part. And I will say, like, on that G-Webs, I know, for instance, last year I did announce some of the companies that we deal with at the gun. Actually, I do work at a gun store. I did say earlier. So I do did talk to some of the companies that we work with at the store and some of the smaller companies that are somewhat local, smaller companies. And they were asking, are your, is, Hey, is your buyer here by chance? I'm like, no, I'm as of right now, the only person from the company here. So it was kind of nice to have that put out there. And I've been with this gun store for over six years. So it's, I've made a connection with a lot of people bigger in the company. Plus, last year at the, at the convention. So very cool. Sorry to leave you hanging there. I lost my mouse on my third monitor over there somewhere. My monitor goes up in the air. So I lose my mouse constantly. Um, all right, cool. So then gizzard, thanks for coming in and being patient while we went through everybody else's, but you've got a channel and keeping the community together every Friday, every Saturday for, I don't even know how many years now, but uh, what's your deal? What's your, what are you getting from SHOT Show this year? And then what's, what do you got coming up? Well, what am I getting from SHOT Show this year is, uh, well, it's going to be two pronged. It's going to be some content, obviously, like you mentioned, uh, quite a bit of shorts content to be had out there. Also, a few, a small number of uh, probably interview videos with uh, various people that I've done interviews with over the last few years. This is my third shot show. Uh, as far as my, and uh, the rest of it will be networking with people like us have networked in the past. Um, as far as my channel, I do uh, gun and gear reviews, but uh, mostly I do two live streams, uh, Foul Territory on Friday nights at 9 p.m. And the early bird chats Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. And I do believe that both of these shows will be coming into their fifth full season this year. So Very thank cool. you for the invite, of course. Um, I'm going to throw this out. Something about... Uh... Something about that made me think of something that I would like to throw out there to more people, but since I got three or four of you in here now, uh, help me get the word out, but uh, promos and channel intros and, you know, brought to you by, and I'm here with uh, that kind of stuff, you know, shot shows full of that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. First shot show, some people get into the selfie thing, you know, it's never been a something I've had to worry about, but like say some people really, I don't know. I don't know if that's something they, think like they have been waiting for selfies or it just happens or I don't know what happens. I don't really understand it, but um, selfies, one thing, but having somebody say, Hey, you know, whatever podcast or, Hey, this is the, thanks for, you know, whatever, come up with something clever. And uh, you've got that potential to shot show. And if you've got to, 
make a first impression with somebody or if you're trying to make a first impression with somebody and have that be a positive lasting first impression ask them to do something fun for a channel intro outro might be a way to be able to break the ice in the future hey remember you did this at the shot show for me and you know blah 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 um pink you're going to shot show what's your deal what are you getting the shot show this year oh shit he's probably back at work so he's going to be there and we'll have a chance to hang out with Pink, but he's also doing some other stuff while he's in town. Uh, Pink normally back in the gun channels days when everything was rocking and rolling, I guess I should, I'm assuming a lot here, but for people that don't know, gun channels was an online community from 2013 to 20, I think so seven years. So uh, when it was, I think Pink was around the entire time, but when it was really rocking and rolling, uh, Pink started going to shot show and he was basically the eyes and ears of the people that were, fans from at home right and they were watching the various people's coverage and watching the because everybody's going to look at a different thing and everybody's only got as much time as they can in a day to get coverage so some stuff is going to get missed and the only way to really see a lot of it is to or most of it or as much of it as possible i guess would be to watch a lot of people's stuff and you're still going to potentially miss things so Pink didn't i don't think he ever really did videos or at least he didn't do like interviews and have a channel like that as much as photos on Instagram and he put them on other places, but uh, event, and he's good at taking photos. He has fancy cameras and whatnot. So, uh, and good phones and that kind of thing. So him and Marco would uh, wail on photographs and doing their thing. And I don't know how much he gets into with it, but of course, uh, again, assuming here, but Pink was also the original host of lobbies. So when YouTube started offering uh, live conversations like we're in right now. We're in StreamYard, a software that we pay for. It's from Canada, and it allows us to invite a bunch of people in, and it streams the conversation over to YouTube. In 2011, YouTube gave us that feature one Thursday, and a bunch of us started using it. And uh, at some point, we built gun channels in 2013, and everyone had already been familiar with hanging out in these conversations, and that's where a lot of channels got their start with these live conversations. So when we had gun channels, people would do these live conversations, host these live conversations pretty much every night. And at the end of the night, people would be in an off air after the conversation went off air, the stream went off, uh, the people would still be in a room and they'd be off air. And some of those off air conversations are, you know, makes us all friends for life. Right. So we, we had a lot of good conversations in those off airs and, at some point, somebody figured out, why don't we just start a room and go live instead of, you know, just have a show that's not really a show. I think that's how it originated. And then Pink was one of the first people, maybe the first person, but at least the first one to continually do it for any length of time to just open up a room, go to work and leave the room, leave the link to the room to a couple of people. And we would drop the link to people who were, you know, capable of being in the room without freaking out or doing any weird stuff because it was his channel that was on the line and we would just have these live conversations all night i think eventually we got to the point where everybody was comfortable enough just dropping the link so the link would just be dropped in the comments and you know people would jump in and have this type of conversation just 24 7 effectively because of pink and then eventually mr knives and then guess what happened gun channels went down and then gizzard comes along and does effectively the same thing for four hours on Sunday and two hours on Friday. So that's Pink's 
he knew he wouldn't have said that, but that's what that's Pink's deal where he comes from. And like I say, he's going this year for the range day and for a couple of days, and then he's got some other things he's got to do in, in Vegas. Uh, Pink's also, and I don't know if budget, if this is in your budget, or if Millsurf has ever thought about this, or Gizzard has, because I know Gizzard has done this, but uh, one of the things that Pink will do over the years of going to SHOT Show is maybe fly to Albuquerque or Phoenix, or I don't know if they've ever gone to Denver, but they'll fly into somewhere else and rent fancy cars, like hot rods or whatever they can rent, and then they tear around the country and then show up at SHOT Show to go to range day and stuff. And then, I don't know, I think they keep their fancy cars. They may trade them in for other rental cars that are less fancy. I don't really remember because I don't, you know, we all, I always have a vehicle. But, uh, yeah, they've had some fun with, like, that. And I think that would be super cool. I think it would have been awesome if Gun Channels could have turned into the kind of thing where we all started in, like, D.C. or New York or someplace with different kind of vehicles and we all road rallied to end up in Vegas each year to make it, like, you know, New Year's, we all take off and we all just uh, road rally for the first couple of weeks of January. Yeah, uh, that ain't in cards for me, that's for sure. Well, I'm saying we all get paid for that, paid well, paid well, handsome. That would be great. Would say. <laughs> uh, Tara saying, Tara Smith's Kitchen is saying, not gun related, but I did a review on a Harley Davidson locking gas cap that I need some likes and comments on. That's the kind of thing that should bring in some kind of, you know, have an Amazon link to that, right? Uh, used to do logistics, freight, mostly trade shows, been to Vegas a lot. I have experience on a whole different side of gun shows. Uh, you have to be there on time, but you are unloaded by your booth number and it all goes like a jigsaw puzzle. And often, if you're late, they can't carry your stuff over someone else's booth. So I had bills that say, if you're late, turn around and bring it back. I've done all kinds of trade shows, different types. I don't know what those all are. I think sports. And uh, you would get machines out of valleys to deliver. Oh, right on. Well, I've and that's something that well, I'm... You know, I've been trying to evolve my coverage a shot, and I've never been able to do that. But I really, 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 really think it would be cool to have a drone flying around as they're setting up SHOT Show. I mean, come on, this is 2023, right? But, you know what I'm saying? Like, have a drone, not like winging around, but, you know, like the time lapse, like slow, fast forward, whatever it's called, where, you know, time lapse i guess where they you know you see the evolutions but have that like from the drone perspective so you can really see it you guys haven't been there well there most of you guys have been there except for budget um it's a huge huge building upstairs and in that new building it's even better so you know you could totally put a drone up there pink knows what oh he's not in here but pink knows what i'm talking about um but yeah that would have been or that would be pretty neat just to from any perspective really i guess um it would be possible to just take a, a camera and stick it up on a pole and then ask them not to knock over the pole or maybe stick it up on a wall with some kind of a magnet and then have a pretty good bird's eye of uh budget had to jump out it looks like have a pretty good bird's eye of the whole thing and watch it time lapse i know i've seen a couple of time lapses over the years but i'd like to get in there and just i don't know walk around while they're setting it up i imagine it's pretty neat and like Tara's saying, it's all like a jigsaw. I imagine it's mostly like a jigsaw, but yeah, it's got to be pretty chaotic too. We did sneak in early once to talk to Arlie Emery, 
Ermi, sorry, I always say it wrong, but uh, it was moments early. It wasn't like, you know, it was like a half an hour early. It was nothing like, you know, they were still setting up. They were mostly just, you know, setting their coffees down and stuff. They, it was not that, not that early. All right. Well, with that, we've definitely been running for a while. I appreciate everybody being able to jump out. I, I literally started this show up and set it up like 20 minutes before it went live. And then I sent the links out as I went live. So I do appreciate everybody being able to jump in uh, in the middle of the night uh, for the uh, Daily Gun Show. And I'll put links to everybody's uh, stuff or there's been links in the side chat for the people listening live. I'll put links to the folks channels who've been joining us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Milserp, when's your next podcast channel or video? So we are, my next video on my channel might be next week. I'm planning on, I have a video need to get posted right for a shot. But other than that, um, I know we're going to have a podcast next next Tuesday night talking about SHOT Show. Um, so that's Tuesday, January 10th, uh, 7.05 Central Standard Time. Right on. Gizzard? Anything besides the Friday show or before the Friday show? Uh, well, uh, trying to release a short every day. So if you're into shorts, look for my stuff. Right on. And then Friday, 7 p.m. Mm, yeah, 7 p.m. your time, 9 p.m. Central. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. And I'll just throw a quick and exit thing. Oh, you know what? I no, I don't have one in here. I have the wrong. I had the wrong one in here for Gizzard, and I keep forgetting to upload it. So uh, I'll put a smeggy one out. Here. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals at GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching GunWebsites.com. Do 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 do.